0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a liftoff.
1: You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond with your host Justin. But before we get started, how was your geek week? And co-hosts Dan and Jason. You have to be willing to let the dice help you tell the story.
0: Okay, look, this year I'm gonna stop mispronouncing words. Join us as we cover board games to war games and beyond.
1: Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond. I'm your host, Justin. This is our Talkin' Warhammer session. I know it's a little bit early, everybody, but with the Nova Open just wrapping up, I thought it would be a great opportunity for us to talk to one of the winners of the Nova Open Caleb Walters. Caleb, welcome to the show.
2: I'm glad to be here. Thanks uh, for the invitation.
1: so your your brother scooter beat you to the punch. I'm getting on the show though so he, he beat me to the to the punch. well, you know yeah. I, I have to I have to let him beat me every once in a while. You didn't do it at the Nova Open, but we're going to get into that later, I guess, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you on here. I wanted you on here earlier because um, you have racked up some very impressive wins over the last year. You are the reigning U.S. Open championship or champion um, that you won down in New Orleans last year. And I believe, sir, you have a golden ticket for this year's championship as well.
2: Yeah, I was lucky enough to uh to win uh, you know, best uh, general uh at Nova. So, I uh, got that golden ticket, very excited to
1: have a possible repeat. So, um I thought you had won before then to get a golden ticket, but I guess I'm wrong. Well, you know, I, I don't know how they do
2: it. Um, so last year, I did talk to Mike, uh, who, who actually runs all the U.S. Um, Open. I wasn't sure if they give a golden ticket to the person who actually won last year's, oh. uh, you know, exhibition match. Because, you know, of course, I won a ticket at New Orleans. And then when I went to Texas to play against all the best overall players, <laughs> I was lucky enough to beat everyone down there as well. Um and so, of course, my I think they said my name's going to show up first on, like, the Hammer. Haven't had an opportunity to see it in person, um, but that was very cool. So I wasn't sure if they are offering one for that. Um, I did get third best overall at Adepticon, but they only award um, one ticket for Adepticon, and I was lucky enough to win Nova.
1: I've seen the Hammer. I saw it at Gen Con. How's and it, it look? Had, it has your name on it. Awesome. I said, hey, I know that guy. It's got, like, Bill Souza's name on it, too. Yep. Um, And uh, a couple other people that I'm like, wow, I've actually played against these people. It was kind of one of those weird surreal moments that I'm like, I know who these people are and what it's talking about, you know?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was it was interesting last year because what they did was they had all the best overall players play against all the best overall players. However, there was like an exhibition match that didn't mm-hmm. really count towards points against the best generals. And so like when you arrive to the event, which is really awesome, you know, they fly you out, um, which is huge. I mean, you talk about prize support, you know, they can hand yeah. you some plastic models or they can give you a flight. And they flew me out, um, and I'm not a small person, I'm like 6'5", 375, Mm -hmm. and so I I, uh, bumped up my ticket to be a little bit bigger seat, and uh, when I went down there, they picked me up in a big old SUV, they drove me, picked up Starbucks, and then brought me to the hotel, which I was by myself, you know, they didn't try to like double book people in a a room, everyone had their own hotel room, it almost felt like...
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so unlike every other tournament that you go to, you didn't have four dudes sleeping in your beds, like, with you? No, <laughs> <So laughs> nah,
2: nah. it was it was such a uh, an experience, because, I mean, I'm, I'm married, I have three children, I share yeah. everything, and there's no peace and quiet, so literally, I'm in this room, I'm like, this was amazing. Yeah, and it it felt like uh, it was almost like room service where I'd I'd ring a bell and they would come pick me up and take me to the actual uh, exhibit and then I'm like you know what I'm bored let me ring my bell and they'll take me back to the hotel room or somewhere else it was. It was quite awesome. And then every day you would have an exhibition match against, you know, somebody you haven't played against. And it was just a fun game, you know, get to know somebody. Um, and that was awesome. And then you played your real game at nighttime. And then, of course, you had dinner. They paid for everything. And then you do it again, exhibition match and then your real game. And it was such a experience I'm really looking forward to uh, this year. They said they're going to really do it up in New Mexico and uh, just can't wait.
1: Yeah, we had James O'Brien on the show a little while ago when once all the uh, Warhammer events were o- uh, announced and he talked about how um the the New Mexico event's going to be really nice. He was showing pictures of the hotel there that is going to be. It looks super swank. Yeah. Looks super nice.
2: Um I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I saw some other things where, like there's like horseback riding and hot air balloons, and uh, it's supposed to be a, a spa. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna have a good time. <laughs> I don't think they've got masseuse tables big enough for you, buddy. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna try. I don't care. I'm like, you three people, let's go.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, that's gonna be it. You need you need three of them just to just to handle you. Uh, you know, your legs will be hanging off, dangling off the end. Yeah. Don't care. It's gonna be a great time. It sounds awesome. And congratulations for uh getting that golden ticket. That is a pretty big deal in terms of prize support. So Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. That's really cool. That's really no, cool.
2: No, I'm just I, I can't believe it. I'm I'm super excited. It it's just, you know, we'll talk about it later. It's just a, a little bit of a bittersweet because you also I want my brother to go. Yeah. And um, you know, so it's just it, I'm looking forward to it and uh I just can't wait and it's it's such an experience, but this year, um, they're, they're doing it differently. Like I was mentioning where there's no longer a ticket for, you know, the best overall player and the best general at like Nova or all the U S open tournaments. They're just awarding Mm -hmm. one ticket to the person who who didn't lose the game and scored the highest. Right. Right. And so, um, I think they're going to do things just slightly different and I'm looking forward to it. Change is good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you are the Lord of Change with that's your true. Zinch army, you know, so uh, I would hope that you enjoy that uh, change. Uh, and, you know, today I want to definitely talk about Zinch, where it is now, where you think it's going to go. Um, we're obviously going to talk about the Nova Open and uh, your many, many games that you played. I think you played 12 games over four days. Is that right? Uh, Four the first day, four, three, three, that's ten, and then
2: another two, yeah, twelve. What the hell? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Did I played 5 games in 2 days and I was spent. So I did half as much as you did. Not even half. Um so I can't even imagine. But um before we get into that, sir, what's on your hobby table right now?
2: I mean, to be honest, right now it's kind of my Etsy um <laughs> stuff. But okay. in terms of models, um, you know, I actually uh, I'm, uh some of you might have saw I did a I built a 4th of July gargant army. Uh, with all the you know the American flags and the British flag, and um, I actually have Kragnos where he's standing on top of you know Mount Rushmore with uh, <laughs> I cut off all his hair and I actually put like you know the judge's hair, the all the white hair that kind of rolls. Oh, up. nice! Yeah, yeah. I actually laser engraved the decoration of Independence in his shield, and I just have to oh do some gosh. more work to finish him up. Um, and I'm also working on a few. I'm doing a scene of the Boston Tea Party. Uh, something okay. the miniature gargants or you know the man crushers all dressed up like Indians, and uh, yeah, so I'm doing that right now. Uh, from there, I have my flesh eater quartz army um, that I'm wrapping up with a bunch of ghouls. Uh, so that's something else I'm working on, mm-hmm. and a project that's around the corner actually is night haunt. Uh, I bought all the models, and I'm going to do a Ghostbusters-themed uh, Nighthaunt Army. Uh, I think I'm going to call them Lifebusters. So instead of the State Puff Marshmallow with the the cross going through it, it's going to be humans with the cross, and I have all these different lighting effects. And, you know, the whole white uh, uh, Ghostbusters cart, I even have the sound effects where you push the button, and I'm going to turn the Black Coach into, you know, a white Ghostbusters-themed uh, cart on top That's of awesome. uh, a nice display board. So I have three projects on my table, and, of course, Zeech is around the corner. And, uh, who knows what that's going to (laughs) bring.
1: Well, um, you, your armies are very, very unique. Can, can people go somewhere to check them out? Like if you, um, like do you have an Instagram account or anything (laughs) like that, that, uh,
2: it's tough for me. Uh, okay. I, I don't do a lot of social media. <laughs> I I have a Facebook, but that's just to do Messenger. Uh, so if anybody ever wants to just you know talk or ask questions or you know how do I do this or feedback on anything, I mean absolutely, just direct message me. Uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm just so busy. I mean, again, yeah. wife, three kids, You're working man. Yep. Yeah, I'm a store a manager <laughs> in retail. iPhones literally in what three days. It's yeah, open and close. I mean, it's just a lot right now.
1: I get you. I get you. But at the same time, if you guys have not seen his Fourth of July Gargan Army, I know that um some of our friends were playing them in the doubles tournament uh on Thursday at the Nova Open and, and a lot of people were commenting on them. Um and I think uh wasn't Caleb also playing uh the Easter uh um, oh, Orcs. Scooter, my brother. Scooter. Oh sorry, Scooter, I did no, say no. Caleb, but I meant Scooter. <laughs> Scooter yeah, was no, playing he... his Easter his Easter egg orcs, right?
2: Yeah, so my buddy, we had a, at Adepticon this year, uh, we did a, um, a four-person tournament, and uh, we were all trying to figure out what to do, and nobody really builds except for me and the gaming group that I play in, and so I decided to do a holiday theme, and that's kind of what brought on the 4th of July Gargants, mm-hmm. my Christmas each. Uh I did also the Dragons, I don't know if you guys saw them, the whole LED lights with all the flames coming through, uh, with the glowing heads, they're a Halloween-themed uh, stormcast. Oh, nice! <clears throat> and then the Easter, my buddy Tim, uh, Tim he built these. Am- he's never customized anything in his life. Yeah. And when I tell you, my friend Tim, he went at this like a monster. You know he he built little peeps and cardboard containers with cellophane. Wow. Uh, I mean, it, he went. He, he's never done it. he carrots. if you've seen his army it's amazing and we got lucky enough actually in the um the four person tournament to win not only best sports but um you know best overall at the actual Depticon with the team tournament uh it was like a a double prize I've never got best sports and win normally it's one or the other right um but that was super exciting. But Tim crushed it with those uh, Easter theme guys. So it was just amazing. If you have a chance, I loved.
1: To see I love the uh, War Chanters there banging carrots together. Yeah, you know, and they had like Easter uh, Easter bunny ears on. Yep, you know yeah. they're so great. They're so great.
2: Yeah, no, so. it was. It's. It just. I'm really proud and really impressed. It, it, it was. It, it was. He did a great job.
1: Yeah, I, I, and if I recall correctly, he kind of pulled it together pretty quickly, because I think Adepticons in March, and you guys were talking about it in like December. Yeah, you I know. think we
2: didn't even start working on it until like end of January. Yeah, like this is kind of how we do pretty it.
1: Quick turnaround. It's pretty awesome, though. That's really great. That's really great. Yeah, so, I
2: appreciate it.
1: Yeah, uh, no, your stuff is uh, your stuff is amazing. In fact, I think at the Nova Open, you had the uh, 3D glasses that you had to put on to see your display board, <laughs> right? Which is <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty. I was like. That's a pretty ballsy move, you know, like it- uh, to to, put, to put, make people put on the little 3D glasses, you know, so. And, and yeah. for
2: context to that, so, of course, you know, the, the Christmas time you have the light show that you, I forgot what you call it, where you you pull up with your vehicle and you're with the whole family, and I'm with my whole family. We're doing a, like whole light show. My wife set up something in Annapolis, Maryland, and we drive up there. And the person gave us some glasses. I'm like, what the hell are these glasses for? And yeah. uh, I'm like, all right, whatever. So my wife passes them to my kids. They start screaming and roaring, and I'm like driving slow behind other people, and I'm like finally get like 90% way through it. I'm like, let me see these glasses. Let me just, what, what's going on? I put them on. I'm like, yo, every single light <laughs> is a snowflake.
1: Oh wow. Wow. Every light and
2: they had nothing but rows of lights. I'm like this is so cool. And I had them in my car and we're literally pulling up to Adepticon and I I didn't plan on nothing. And um, I go I wonder if these will work with my LED lights. That'd be so cool if they do. And I literally just got out of the car with the team tournament. I just put them in my pocket, set everything up, the display board, and I put them on. I'm like, yo.
1: That's hilarious. And then I just
2: made every single person I know put them on. And even the event organizer of Adepticon was like, can we please put your stuff on, like, Armies on Parade so even the 40K players can take a look at this at that time it was just it was just it was surreal it was pretty cool and it was just a happy coincidence so then of course i go home and i'm like googling all these different types of lights you know glasses that make led lights and i saw like you know you know santa claus and snowmen and christmas trees so i'm like you know what? let me buy them all 20 bucks this is gonna be fun and uh just had a good time
1: yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty epic. You're just like, what? What is happening here? You know? So it was a coincidence. Uh, you, yeah. you, 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 and and the crew definitely pushed the envelope in terms of uh, creativity with the with the display boards and and the armies and you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of really cool printed stuff that you do. You know, yeah. like for example, the um, Fourth of July gargants, the the little Weber grill and the hot dogs yep. on the table. Like it's just. Like those are like the little touches that really sell it, you know, and, and, and make it really awesome.
2: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. It's a, uh, it's one of the things where, you know, I don't really want to change the models. You know, some people will like rip off a, a head and replace the head. And I think mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, But I really like the aesthetic of taking a model, whatever it is, you know, and just adding to it versus subtracting. Now, Ah, when I say subtracting, I mean, like, the actual core part of it. I don't mind a weapon here, a bottle there, um, and it just so your opponent knows. And another reason I do it, this is kind of a a tip, a nose tip, is all these models have different weapons. And so, like, my Skyfires, they have candy canes in their hands or, you know, little bows. Who says my candy canes aren't spears that I throw? So now they're right. Skyfire. So who says these candy canes I'm holding aren't hand weapon, you know, to be enlightened? And, you know, so it's, it gives you the opportunity to play your models in multiple different ways without being stuck to the whole WYSIWYG um, aspect of things.
1: Which, you know, for the most part, I think AOS isn't as bad as 40K in that aspect. You know, Correct. like, for example, I was playing the Black Coach at Nova, and I had the, the whip not the scythe you know and nobody even questioned it when i said you know it's got the scythe and like okay cool you know what i mean like it was I, fine. I do we're just um, we're just a better community <laughs> i agree i agree <laughs> because it's like oh i'm sorry those aren't the right grenades on his belt for you to be throwing and you're like oh geez here we go you know what i mean <laughs> like, it's it's not worth the
2: argument you know yeah it's it, it's just not you know and I don't know. I, I, I like it so much. You know, our community is, is we're just friendly, we're supportive, you know, there's no animosity, there's nobody getting mad in games. Um, you know, I, I I couldn't ask for a better community, you know, just to be honest.
1: Hey guys. I know. I know. We'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I wanted to be the first one to make a big exciting announcement. Tabletop and Beyond now has our first official sponsor, the Baron of Dice. I know you've seen his stuff around, as all the best players use his perfectly crafted resin dice to make those perfect rolls. These aren't your dad's cheap acrylic dice, no. These 100% customizable dice have the look and feel that will make you a rock star at the gaming table. Customization not your thing? No problem. Baron of Dice has something for every need. Wargaming, skirmish games, RPGs, etc. You can have whatever you need. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.baronofdice.com and use promo code Tabletop and Beyond to get a discount on every purchase. Now back to the show. Absolutely. So um, that kind of that kind of brings us to our next topic a little bit, which is the Nova Open, and we're going to spend some time on this one. But um, you played a lot of games. We talked about twelve games over over four days. Um, dude, your head on Monday morning must've just been swimming. Um, I don't know how you didn't collapse literally like Saturday night. I think. Wait. When did we go out for? When did we go out for dinner? Was that Friday or was uh, that? Saturday? I, I don't even. So,
2: <clears throat> I don't even know when. When I think we went out. What uh, we, I this? I we got, 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 got this. there Saturday. Hold on. No, I left my house Wednesday night, and just because I didn't want to deal with Thursday traffic, and uh, luckily enough, I only live like forty-five minutes away. You know, yeah. almost like forty minutes, thirty or forty minutes away with no traffic, but with traffic, it's over an hour. Right. And so I didn't really want to have to deal with. That so I left Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday. Might it, it was Friday or Saturday when we went out? Yeah, I can't remember. It's one of the one of the two two nights. Um, and I I I don't know. I I, I did feel no, a little no, you bit know of what? fatigue.
1: It was it was Friday night because you and and Scooter had just won your first round of the um. Of the grand tournament yeah and so like you didn't you, you were both saying like oh like you know it'd be crazy if we ended up playing each other in the finals which sorry guys <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> you know we're gonna get to we're gonna get to that battle you know the, the finals of the gt but you know we were talking about it at dinner how it how it'd be awesome if both of you made it there so it was definitely friday night so
2: yeah no i it i just had a great you know uh, overall um great time, but the fatigue part of it, it probably really hit me, I think I was more excited about the, I was probably fatigued on my fourth game at the Invitational, um, because you're playing against, you know, some of the best players um, in America, and that fatigue really does set in because you're really not trying to make mistakes. You are trying to do well because it is an invitational. Yeah. You want to play on the up and up. You know you don't want to make any mistakes. So you're overthinking every move. You're on a clock, you know, and right. so everything's timed, and so that extra level of stress as well uh, kicks in. And so I would say that my fourth game was, I guess, kind of a, a stressful, you know, you're at the top of the line. Um, that, was, that was rough. And then uh, in terms of the GT, the last game of the second day was tough because that's kind of the the, the mark of if you're gonna get into the top eight or not yeah. and yeah. so you're just like oh man I want this to be over because I'm just tired and then you realize if you win you're you have to play a whole nother game that same day so you're like <laughs> right. oh okay you know yeah. um but yeah that's the fatigue part
1: yeah I, I mean it's pretty it's pretty wild because your first day dude is four games like I mean even in in most GTs you're doing three games the first day not even four um, and so to have that invitational on the Thursday before the grand tournament where you're playing four games right there was 16 people single elimination right? Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about the Invitational. So this was, uh, I believe the brainchild of Roger Barker. Um, he thought it would be great to have 16 of the top players face off against each other in a single elimination winner take all, you know, one day tournament. Uh, so we had some pretty stellar people that were invited to that, and I believe that the criteria for an invitation was that you needed to go five and zero in a grand tournament. I think that that was the the base criteria, right?
2: You know, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on what was the criteria. I know um, I did. What did I do? I I got. I don't think I did a five zero. No, I had one five zero under yeah. my belt at that point, and a whole bunch of four ones. Um, so I believe it was, you have to have a five Oh on one of the grand tournaments was the, you know, the minimum, uh, to get in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so uh, it was all set up. I remember the year before I was invited, but at that point, I, I don't know. I just wanted to play in the team tournament with my brother and I didn't really, you know, I was like, yeah, invitational team tournament, let me do team tournament, but this year, you know, I was kind of already thinking about it since I didn't do it the year before. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was exciting. And uh, I was like, you know what? This is going to be awesome. I'm going to play against some of the best. And since I've been going to tournaments more, I get to know some of the better players, you know, more frequently and really get to sit yeah. and talk. So I wanted to, I wanted to play.
1: Well, and play you did, my friend. Uh, let's see. They've had um, some... There's some really good people in there. Uh you were in there. Um let's see. I saw Marcella. Hello, was yep. in there. Yep. Uh Gavin um yep. was in there. We had who who else? Uh uh Singh was there. Yep. Um Noah. I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. Uh, Jer- Rich was there. Michael was uh, there. Jeremy Vessiere was there. Yep, um, Nate. Nate and uh, Anthony. Anthony, Nate and Anthony. I mean, you've got you got like rounding out top of the ITC players, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like most of the yeah. top ITC players are playing in this tournament and um it was really it was really great to see. I, I was running Warcry that same day, so I wasn't in there to really kind of see how it was going round by round. Uh but when I did pop in every now and then, I'm like, "Ooh, these look like some pretty intense games."
2: Yeah, no, it it was um, you know, I would say some of the players uh brought their best army they could possibly think of uh like myself and then uh-huh. there was other players who almost were not playing their best uh just to be upfront because they yeah. didn't want to do a whole bunch of fatigue like my silly butt did um so they were taking things that they either thought were good and they wanted to play or something that they were just trying to prove that they could play and hopefully you know do very well in um you know so just to kind of give context to the yeah. invitational not every player i i would be honest was bringing their 100% um you know but that doesn't mean that they can't perform at an extremely right. high level right. with what they're bringing their knowledge of the game their ability to make great decisions and of course this is still a game of luck you know if i roll nothing but sixes <laughs> i'm doing pretty good
1: that's right except for battle shot then you're doing pretty yeah, bad that's true that's true <laughs> but the uh no i think you're right um it, it, like all the people there, absolutely had a right to have a seat at the table, and uh, you know they are some of the best in the community. Many of them are Team USA members, uh, you know, so they they kind of know their business. And it was um, it was really interesting to see it. But the um, I wonder if next year, because the this is kind of the first year in my opinion. This is the first year that the invitational really got some notoriety. Like it it happened last year? Um well not last year. It happened in 2019 and it was kind of a like oh this is sort of happening and I think there was only 8 players invited to it too. I don't I don't even think that there was 16. I'm not um,
2: sure last year. I was so um, – or the the last time we were at Nova. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if it was last year. I think we, we missed two years. It was two 2019, years. yeah. Yeah. 2019. In 2019 um, – I'm know, pretty
1: sure it was only eight. It might have um, been. You know, because that was a three-round, one-day thing that they did at the same time as doubles, right? And so um, I think it was eight people. And uh, I mean, whoever was in the Invitational back in twenty nineteen, feel free to correct. Feel free to correct me and point, point it out on Twitter how, uh, how how bad I made this mistake. But um, sixteen people, you know, that greatly expands your talent pool. You know what I mean? Like, oh yes, you know, pulling pulling top sixteen. Like, there's a lot of people that can really vie for that top position. And um, I think there was more kind of. Uh, awareness around it too this year, you know, like people are like, Oh wow. The, the turn, the, the, um, invitationals happening, the invitationals happening. I mean, I heard more much more about the invitational this year than I did the first time. So, uh, you know, I, I think maybe it was kind of in, I don't want to say it was in a weird spot, but maybe, you know, people are like, okay, well, I'm going to be playing in this invitational, but the GT is really important too. So I know, for example, Anthony Trentinelli brought corn, to the Invitational and then he brought Zinch to the Grand Tournament, you know, and so um, I don't know if he thought that that corn list was very good or if he just wanted to try it out or, or, you know what I mean? Like he could have been testing some things. Uh, And I wonder because of the way that, you know, the Invitational sort of had more awareness this year I wonder if n- the next time people will maybe bring more competitiveness, or so, you know something like that so
2: yeah I mean I think I well from what I heard from talking to all of the players um I know that Anthony from I didn't hear from Anthony but I heard it from somebody else said that Anthony won with that army like a five-zero tournament um or an RTT or something. He did very well with it, so he was just probably mm. trying to take it, uh, you know, to the event. And I think a lot of it is like when I talked to Ridge, he, that wasn't even his Gargan army. It was funny when I played him round two. Um, he was asking me questions about the army as if I played the army. He's like, <laughs> "How many attacks?" I'm like, "Dude, how would I know? I mean, i do not <laughs> building hilarious. them. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Let's look it up." And so it was kind of yeah. comical. And I, uh, he told me he just didn't want to, you know, his speak about Ridge for a second phenomenal player plays yeah. Seraphon uh, a majority of what I see and uh, it's a very technical army like Zeech and so there's a lot of fatigue memory wise and just trying to play that army with such finesse that I think he wanted to just play something that's a little bit more you know I guess we could say simplistic yep. and straightforward yep. and so um, you know and, and that happened as well but yeah I believe Anthony played Korn because he won an RTT or a GT with it yeah. and he did very well and it's a very strong army um, yeah you know.
1: definitely He's um and and kind of spoiler alert, not really, since he talked about this in the last episode that we had of talking Warhammer. Uh, he is trying to get to the top of leaderboards in uh, several different Chaos factions. You know, so he he has it in Skaven right now. Um, he has it in Slanesh, and so he's kind of trying to get to the top of the ITC leaderboard in Corn, and he's trying for Zinch, but he's got a mountain to climb, my friend.
2: I'm gonna keep uh, I mean the problem with me um, I don't get a a chance to leave my house to play as much as I want like I want to go to Everwinter I I want to go to Du Bois but Du Bois falls on the same day as the uh, US Open in Nevada uh, or New Mexico um and, uh, you know, I am going to LVO for the first time. Like last year I was on the top of the ITC with right next to Gavin yeah. up until LVO happened. And apparently I think they add like an extra score when you do LVO, which then shot me all the way down. And I'm like, well, hell, if I went to LVO, like, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and I'm not sure if they're doing this year, but it'll be my first time there. Um, you know, and so it's, um, you know, when it comes to just being able to play more, it's tough for me. Um, and I want to play yeah. more and I want to do well. Um and Zeech has been always by my uh my little uh my little baby
1: yeah uh it is hard when you are a dad, my friend you know uh-huh. there's there's six months out of the year and you've you've seen this in our group text right like that like the rugby is like dominates my life for six months out of the year, and there's no way I'm getting to the tournament, you know, so that's just how it goes um and so yeah, I mean. Uh, let's let's so let's talk about each of your rounds in the Invitational. Who did you play first?
2: So I actually played a, a, a local friend of mine uh, who happens to be a phenomenal player, um, Mike Vaginos. Okay, um, yeah, he's a awesome awesome guy. He was playing his uh, Nurgle list, and um, you know it's pretty much all flies. It literally I believe had like sixteen.
0: Oh, my Um, gosh.
2: You know, flies. And uh, with the fly army, it's literally on you in one turn. Yep. And my army is a very finesse, um, you know, type of army. And uh, I I have a front line that I don't really care about that's nice to have, but the rest of it's, you know, all the meat and potatoes and the damage comes from what's behind. And so, of course, even if, you know, so basically what happened was uh, um, I made him go first, and he basically destroyed my front line like expected. Right. You know and um you know from there you can imagine i had a well just to speak about my army for a second just kind of so there's some context to you know yeah that's probably a good idea <laughs> yeah so i play you know uh, Zeech, of course and i've been kind of perfecting this this list for a while now um and uh, i think the i updated it last year to this one Uh, And I've just been practicing it with adding some stuff and removing some things. And uh, I play, the faction I play is um, Host Duplicitous uh, from the Zeech book. And what that gives me is, you cannot flee from me. And um, if I summon a unit of whores, and if that whore unit dies, I have a once per game, I can roll a command, you know, point on a five plus, the unit comes back to life wholly within 12 inches of me outside of nine of my opponent. It's kind of a one-time use, but it's awesome when it works, and if it doesn't work, it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And um, your your general gets plus one to its armor save, so my Lord of Change is my general. So he's uh, instead of a four-plus save, naturally, goes to a three-plus. Okay. And the big kicker is every uh, Zeech Demon wizard, uh, wholly within nine inches of my Lord of Change, gets to reroll casting, dispelling, and unbinding. And wow. the reason that's so important is every time there's an FAQ, they just keep changing the points, making things more expensive. So blue scribes went to 160 points, wow. and I'm like, what the hell? And you also got to think about the blue scribe still has to roll a two plus to cast a spell guaranteed, but that's still a two plus, and it's not guaranteed, yeah. right? And you still don't get to reroll the spelling or unbinding, and um, and so I kind of I tweaked my list because uh, I also didn't want to rely on cogs, and I realized once they updated the uh, AOS three that spell casting is going to be really relevant. Um, cogs and endless spells are going to be very relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, the new armies, the new hotness were the ghost at the time, the uh, Nighthaunt, and uh, their whole mechanic is fleeing. And so why don't I play an army host to Plissus where you cannot flee yeah. from any of my models or anything I summon uh, you can't flee from. And um, another army that came out that's really relevant is the, um, the tree army, Sylvaneth. Yeah. And their whole mechanic is, you know, Casting spells at a very high level, um, casting their endless spells that give you plus to movement, and charging, and literally, I forgot the name of it, where you did strike and, and r- strike and Fade. Yeah. And um, I wanted to build something that can stop all of the main metas right now. And with Strike mm-hmm. and Fade, I have Carol's Dice to change any dice roll to what I want, and it can't be re rolled or modified. So even if they had plus five to charge, uh, it shouldn't work. And so now they're stuck in front of my 18-inch bubble of hate. And so my list is basically a Lord of Change general um, that can reroll cast, spell, and bind with plus one save. Karos. so I have literally two big turkeys mm-hmm. that are next to each other. They have five cast, five dispel, five unbind, and have a guaranteed 18-inch Dispel and Endless spell for free in the hero phase and not in the beginning of the hero phase. Oh, my gosh. Then I have a machine gun caster called a change caster who can cast up to six spells as long as he rolls a nine plus. And the Lord of Change gives you plus one to casting the Spelling on Binding for a command point. So you're automatically starting with plus one everything around him. So now the little Changecaster Machine Gun guy only has to roll an eight plus rerollable. Still difficult, but can get done. And then I have um, two units of ten Acolytes who are Spellcasters who just get extra Ren. And they're, they're not good and they're not bad. And so they're at that middle point where your opponent looks at you and goes, I don't really want to fucking kill those models because they're not good, but they're not right. bad either. Right,
0: right. And if they get too <laughs> close
2: to me, then they're just going to die from what's behind them. And then the new unit that I added is the Zangors. And the Zangors have a lot of attacks but not a lot of rend. And mm. what's relevant to that is there's agendas in Zeech book that hopefully will stay and we can talk about that where... No other army, I think, has this mechanic where there's like five different things that I can do. And I can say something like, uh, hey, if my change caster rolls a nine plus twice, I get plus one to casting for the rest of the game. Or if my Zangors make a nine-inch charge, um, I get plus one to all my attack profiles. So now I go from three attacks base mm. to four attacks. My beaks go from one attack to two attacks, and now yeah. that becomes a horde-killing unit uh, with a GV um, profile where they can stack one behind the other with a very small footprint but a lot of attacks. Right. Um, then of course I have my endless spells. I have my purple sun for the extra rents, so and now my Zangors are minus two. My acolytes are minus two shooting. My lord of change has his 2d6 shots are minus two. Also the possibility of rolling a one and just, um, you know, basically outright slaying things, and that's really relevant to my first game against Mike where he had 16 flies, and I'm always doing three or four a turn, and right. uh, that's over 50% chance to literally kill a fly, which is huge. Um, and then yeah. you have the uh, Gnashing Jaws, which is a 3d6 roll uh, that if it moves over or stops with an inch of a unit on a 2+, plus, you take the differential. So if you're movement 4 and I rolled a 14, you just took 10 mortal wounds mm-hmm. um, on a 2+. plus. But you find myself in games using these endless spells as actually, and I could talk about this for tactics wise, as more of a yeah, damage dealing, but also a way of stopping people from attacking me. And mm, yeah, uh, just a movement blocker, right? Exactly. And just screener. a yeah. Exactly. Every single table, and we can talk about this about Nova, was terrained with where there's almost like two impassable pieces on every table in the middle. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay. And then, uh, of course, I also had the spell portal um, for my guaranteed uh, Karo 6 mortal wound, create a spawn spell. Yeah. And uh, so I found myself, and here's another thing, with the terrain, uh, if you're the attacker, the defender gets to place the terrain, and the attacker gets to place, um, you know, gets to pick the side, so yeah. I would roll my eight terrain dice, and I would say, oh, I have two arcanes. Well, I look at your army, you don't have any casters, so I'm like, you get an arcane, and I get an arcane. Which side right. would you like to pick?
1: Yep, yep.
2: And then I'm like, oh, I get, ar-. so now my change caster, um, who's getting plus one from Lord, is also getting plus one from the... Um, arcane so now he only needs to re- do a rerollable 7 Yeah. and then of course I pick the agenda that says if I roll twice 9 I get plus 1 to casting. so now I'm plus 3 so now I only mm-hmm. need to do a rerollable 6 and uh, if you don't know that's pretty easy to do with uh, rerolling and just eating yeah, a 6 totally. and telling your opponent hey the spell goes off on 11 you want to stop it? Uh, right. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a little different. And then, of course, he's casting six spells, everything else. And then every turn, I'm summoning ten blues or saving up a round to get ten uh, pinks or, you know, extra characters or whatnot. So um, it's a very effective small army. And so when I played Mike, talk about that. So, um, sorry,
1: just just before we get into talking yeah. about Mike. Um it your your you know you talked about blocking movement with your endless spells because of those huge bases that they have you know like and again the nova terrain was pretty favorable in that like it created some kill lanes right that you could kind of funnel um, armies oh, through and stuff like that i had that. the incarnate sorry oh yes okay that's right you also had the incarnate Um, and
2: bounded to my lord so he was
1: plus two to cast naturally oh geez Louise. okay (laughs) and he's probably not gonna die anytime soon so that thing a risking of going at having going wild is pretty low very low because
2: you could do all out defense and go to a two-up armor save or best day ever go up to a one-up or a hidden agenda where i kill a monster and i get plus one of my armor save for the rest of the game yeah
1: yeah exactly so um before we talk about Mike, uh you know you you kind of went through your army like it it sounds like you like other armies kind of come up into the midboard um and try to challenge you there because you said you have that 18 inch bubble of death basically that happens, mm-hmm. right? Um so what kind of armies do you fear? You know they- <laughs> So I fear
2: shooting Heavy shooting armies. I don't mean okay. like a unit of thirty sentinels. I don't really fear yeah. that. Okay. Um, you know, I don't really fear people that have like a unit of six of those. Uh, I believe they're the stormcast, like long strikes. I don't know all the names yeah. very well, um, even though they can shoot twice and things like that. Well, actually, they yeah. can't cause they ha- can't be reinforced. But I fear an all shooting army. So I fear Ko. Uh, it's like okay. the only army I truly fear, and the, and that kind of brings back like why I built my list the way I did was. In this meta, how many all-shooting armies are really out there that are doing well? Right. You know, the armies that I see are doing well right now happen to be, you know, beyond Zeech. um, I don't see a lot of people taking them at this moment. Um, I see the, you know, Nighthaunt. I see Sylvaneth. Mm -hmm. I still see, you know, um, the Gargants. Um, I see sometimes Stormcast with dragons I'll I'll occasionally see. Um, I see a lot of Lizardmen. You know, and that's yep. almost like almost like a mirror match uh, for me at that point. Okay. Um, you we know, so I don't see a lot. Grave lords. Yeah, blight like-, like so, really, the only armies that kind of shoot heavily out of the ones that kind of mention um, Seraphon is probably one of the bigger yep. shootier ones that are that are pretty fearful, and their Bastildons get the extra damage against me. Uh, so they're pretty scary, and of course the Skinks.
1: Um, and those Bastildons so are impossible to kill. Unless I mean, you do a bunch of mortals first, yeah. Right? So that's and and for, you're fortunate that a lot of your spell casting does, like a good set of mortals, correct. Right? So so you would be targeting those bestilladons first, so that even if you, they did kind of come into your area, that you you know had a lower uh, save for them, because they t- had taken some damage, right
2: exactly if i mean it's already <laughs> it really just kind of see it's whenever you talk about warhammer and this is the perception you give people when you speak about it i'll say something you know on online with you or i'll say something with aos coach or i'll say something in person and i'll say this is the, what you should do and yeah. it's not really true right uh what truth is when you you have to really look at the, the state of the game and the board you're looking at depending how far like let's say Seraphon, how far their slan is from you. You yeah. know, how far is their Stegadon from you. Can you get to somebody with your incarnate on turn one and what's the impact of doing that? You know, was somebody silly enough to keep their Pristilidon within let's say twenty two inches of your incarnate and they're not thinking about the fact that I can use Kairos' dice to change my charge roll to a six and right. still stay outside of nine inches from him so he can't redeploy and cast a spell to literally do six mortal wounds, make his armor save a four plus, then then use the um, Um, spell portal, not only to cast at 6 mortal wounds, but also to reposition the purple sun, so all my attacks are at minus 3 or minus 4 rend, and then now I go up a level guaranteed on turn 1 right, like, things like that it's really dependent on the board state and what your opponent is deploying, will completely change everything I do and so it's kind of hard for me to give you a blanket statement of this is what you should do.
1: <laughs> oh, totally. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I think um, my listeners are pretty savvy. They kind of like hearing what you were doing because it kind of informs the, the meta. You know, like so this is this is kind of the big zinch list, the big bad zinch list that's out there right now. And um, But I think your point is very astute in that – there's the meta, and then there's the micro meta, which is like what's happening at the tournament, like what listed people bring, and how are they using them? You know, because like you may say, oh, I'm going to set up an army that counters Soul Blight Gravelords. Well, that's kind of a it's kind of become sort of a starter army for a lot of people, and not a lot of people are, are playing Soul Blight Gravelords very well because they just aren't very optimized. So. Yeah. Do you need to, you know, should you tailor your list to that? Probably not, you know, there's other bigger bads out there, you know, so um, like I would not want to run into the bus of Marcella Hallou's Daughters of Cain <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'd rather, I'd rather prepare for that than like a, a Soulblight game so, you know, um but anyway, I, I think that's a good point so sorry, I, I kind of sidetracked us a little bit um, in, in talking about like what kind of armies you fear and um and uh, I think that's uh, very, very interesting. I, again, you have a lot of tools in your belt with this army. Obviously, it's very magic-heavy. Um, yes. Do you worry about something like a tech list or something like that that can counter some of your spells? No, not really. Or Slon, um, I guess, right? slon. No, not, not
2: even the Slon. Um, I face it too much, you know. So, give you an example, like with a Slon, you know, I have 13 spells. Slons have three to four, Mm-hmm. right? And they have Priest, and I don't have priest. Right. So I can't stop their priest. Their spells, you know, the, their average roll is 7, right? That's the average yeah. roll for Aslan. Yeah. And uh and so he'll get plus 3, it goes to a 10. Well, my casters um all I need to roll is a 5 with four dice, and that's average. Yeah. And I stop every spell he has. Hmm. You know, Interesting. and okay. and if I roll a 5, well that's a 12. And so he has to roll above average to stop me. Yeah. So, the odds are in my favor, um, with just my spell casting alone, um, not to mention my dispelling. And against the slan, has another thing I didn't mention. Lord of Change has an ability, uh, where if I roll a nine plus, I learn your spell. And that's what happened in one of my games, um, actually, a lot of my games where a slan will cast, you know, its spell and, um, I, I basically I dispel it. He rolled like a ten or eleven, and I'm like I rolled a twelve, or I guarantee I roll a twelve uh, with my cheating cheating dice, my <laughs> fate dice, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. And then now I have their unlimited range spell along with my other damaging oh, spells. Oh my gosh, that's right. And so I pick D6 of their targets, and they're all their wounds are low. They're all skinks, uh, four wounds, slan, they're they're helpers or They're you know they're and I start weakening them. And when you weaken six units, they can only heal one or two, you know, a turn. Um, And so it becomes very tough. Um, But magic-wise, Techless, no, not so much, because Techless I could stop his four ten spells very easily, so he's only casting one spell if he really wants to get his five-up ward save bubble. He can Mm -hmm. stop a couple of my spells, and one guaranteed. But when you have two big turkeys, what are you going to stop? The Lord of Change rolled nine dice on threes, which is average of six mortal wounds, up to nine? Or are you going to stop Karos' spell, which is a flat six mortal wounds, create a spawn? Most likely Karos. But again, you can only stop one of those spells. And I still have you know, two additional D six mortals as well.
1: Yep. Yeah. Very good. All right. So, um, getting back to your first, the first round of the invitation, you played against Mike Vaginos. You said he's a local guy. Um, rumor is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is he, is he opening up a game store?
2: I don't know. Um, okay. You know, I don't get out much. I've been to his house a couple times. Uh, we go to, um, you know, a, a local uh, a store, Playdium Games. A lot of times to play some RTTs up in PA. You know, I don't know if he's planning on opening up a, a gaming store. I mean, he has it the personality.
1: Been, yeah, he totally does. It. It might have been either he's planning to open a game store or he's planning to, um, like work on a space to host a tournament. I know he's definitely hosting a tournament coming up, um, but I, I didn't know if it was connected to a game space that he was opening as well. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. sure.
2: I will say that, um, you know, he did a great job being a TO um, in the in the GT. Um, he was very into the games. So he was doing a lot of reporting. I was actually quite impressed about how much the TOs were actually in the games. They're like, hey, this person's doing this, and this person's doing this. Oh, my God. Like, he threw his papers up. He's like, did you see what Noah just did? Yeah. Like, it was. it's really exciting to see, you know, all the TOs not only, you know, being great judges and making sure everything runs smoothly, but also really caring about what's happening. It almost felt like those um, announcers when a, a goalie scores a goal. Goal! <laughs> yeah. Like it's almost like they're just as excited as you are. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, it was and,
1: cool. And as a player, you know, out in the general population, I didn't ever get a play up near the screens or anything like that, like you did. But uh, as a player out in the kind of general population, like they, they did a good job of just being available. You know, yeah. so, like, if something came up, um, like, I never had anything with my games come up, but there was a couple people around me that, you know, had to call for Tio. Like, they were there really quickly. Like, they weren't just kind of hiding behind a desk waiting for something to happen, like, they were walking around. They'd come say hi because I mean they were all of our friends too, right? Like there's Andrew Simmons. There's Mike Vagino's. There's uh, uh, Charles was a you know a TO for the doubles yep. game. Like these are all people that we know and we play with. And so you know having them come around and be like, hey, how are you doing? Okay, cool, good job. You know, keep going <laughs> and and uh, having them available in case something needed. Like they did. A good. They did a great job with it across the board.
2: Oh, absolutely. I I think they did an amazing job.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So, Mike was not TOing this. He was playing the first round against you. Yes. He was running. What army again?
2: It was Nurgle. So his army Nurgle, um, right, was literally the Drowned Men army. The the yep. free eight inch move. He had the his yeah mm-hmm. two Lords of Affliction. He had a a, a multiple um you know two man squads. I believe he had five two man squad and a four man squad. Ooh. You know, and um, it, it was just a monster, a straight you know hell to deal with you know the only real saving grace i have you know against that type of army of course is my spells i'm gonna roll a lot of mortals i believe i roll i mean i can't do the exact number six six average another six i mean it's it's upwards between 20 plus mortal wounds a churn but he still has five up saves yeah you know and so he's gonna be in my death threat and of course i do have an incarnate which can do quite a bit of damage as well um but to speak about the game you know he went first, and uh, he put me in a position where he put me on my back heels, like, you know, you expect. Pushed me in a corner, and that's kind of the, what Nurgle does, is pushes you in a corner and scores, you know, a few rounds while you're having a hard time scoring. Right. Um, I, in the in the game itself, I was rolling really, really bad in the beginning. Uh, and um, the only saving grace I did is because I was rolling so bad, is my purple sun was killing. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so it's like you want to roll bad with the purple. I literally rolled five ones oh in that my game. Gosh. Oh my five gosh. Five ones against him, and, and those one are
1: seven of... wounds each, right? Those flies,
2: uh, eight. eight, eight wounds each. Oh yeah, and at, but at the same time, I would kill uh, uh, a fly with yeah. a one, and then on his turn, he would rally and roll a six. Oh my gosh! And that happened for the first two turns where he rallied like five models. And I killed five models. Oh my gosh. The only difference was I rolled a one on his general, the Lord of Affliction, that had the whole, you know, you can't use command ability. So he couldn't rally that one model. Yeah. But we were laughing about a shit you not, where it got to a point where it's like, what am I doing? I roll a one, you roll a six. I roll a one, you roll a six. <laughs> um, let's put our dice in water. Let's see what happens. Right. You know, and uh, we were just joking. And it got to a point where he put me in such a rough position with this one round. And, of course, he's talking trash. He's having a great time and, yeah. you know, more power to him. And he's like, Caleb, I got you. I got you. You, you got nothing. And and I'm, like, listening to him. But I'm, I'm such a thinker. where I'm like, all right, if I do this, if I move this, if I run here and I summon here, can I do this? You know, I just, I'm just i just constantly thinking about different position. I got to a point where I needed to make a really good charge or use Kairos' ability to make the charge uh-huh. to do damage to one of his units just to get it off its platform. And everything kind of worked. It, it aligned for me where um, – I was able to roll the 10-inch charge, so I didn't have to use Keras' ability, had my Lord of Change do, do his attack and do enough damage to the uh, Nurglings along with my Stomp to kill the unit. He, oh, he didn't wow. roll too well with the save, took the objective, and then at that one turn um, after I did that, we did the roll-off, and I think it was turn three at that point. Because uh, the first two turns were literally me rolling ones and him rolling sixes. Yeah. Um, at that point, I I opened up with my spells, and I damn near did 30 mortal wounds. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I picked up, like, four flies. My incarnate went over and finished off the four-man squad. So I was like, all right, those four flies over there are dead. Your four-man unit's dead. I rolled a one on your lord. He's dead. I got the lord of change. He's dead. And it was, just, it was that one round where it was just such a swing... Of rolling monster you know mortal wounds and good hits in my incarnate yeah um, and Mike not rolling super hot with his saves at that point uh, it was just an unlucky uh, round but he was like he was literally at the cusp of of knocking me out um, putting me in that position on that back foot up until that huge 10 inch charge yeah,
1: wow uh, it is amazing how many times games that we play, Rest on a like a single dice roll. Like you can point to a moment where you're like, "Yeah, if I didn't get that one dice roll, this would be a very different game." You know, and you try to do everything you can to mitigate those moments, right? Like you don't want to like leave your game. On a dice roll, even though sometimes that's like an epic story that you have, right? But, <laughs> but uh, epic if it works out, and sometimes epic if it doesn't, right? Like it's an epic yeah. failure if it if it doesn't. But you know, so you always try to kind of mitigate that by you know positioning yourself well, or you're making sure you got your bonuses to charge or something like that. But sometimes you just got to do it. Sometimes you just got to be like, all right, screw it, let's roll. It. It's what we got.
2: Let's get you this know? ten inch charge.
1: Yeah. You know? and it yeah. also
2: comes down to you know when when I watch each player's play not using their Karo's dice too quickly or too late mm-hmm. and trying to find that perfect time to use it to have the most impact in a game yeah um, that's a good point you know that's 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 something else um but it was it was great um you know mike uh, I w- I even mentioned to him. I was like, I was like, Mike, you you almost had me wanting to quit that game. He goes, I know, I was trying. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> I was like, good at you, good job, buddy. You know, very good. But no, very that good. was my first game.
1: Okay, cool, cool. All right, so who who was uh, who was uh, down in the round of eight that you had, the elite eight?
2: Yeah, well, this is still the invitational, so. Yep. <laughs> I'm drink some water.
1: And no worries. <laughs>
2: Next one was more of a – so, Ridge, um, uh, Hannah, um, this is my Gargant game. And, uh, of course, now I know I'm not playing against his best, so Mm -hmm. I already know that. You know, um, he actually – we played um, in uh, Du Bois uh, last year, and um, he actually uh, – at that time he – I don't was it last year or the year before, I can't remember. He beat me um, with his um, Seraphon. Uh, and I went 4-1. And this has kind of been just to kind of go on a tangent, which I'll tell the community, it is so awesome that knowing you can still win best overall going 4-1 if you have a really cool-looking army mm-hmm. and your scores are still kind of high. And I'll tell people to spend more time on converting and you know coming up with cool things because even though I've lost at Du Bois, I still won best overall. Yeah, you know, and and just the prize support everything. And at Summer Slaughter, same thing happened again. Um, I lost the game against Beastman, and yeah. I was, you know, I didn't know what Beastman did, and I didn't really research. Goes like, ah, it's Beastman, whatever, I'm fine,
0: you know. Yeah, right. And
2: I lost the game. And I'm like kicking myself in the butt, and I still won best overall. Yeah, you know, it's like almost like you get lucky, um, you know, into it, but. Definitely convert, definitely build. It, it, it was awesome, but against Rage, it's my payback time. But I, I kind of, you know, it's <laughs> it's Gargans. Yeah. Um. And so it's he, he. I made him go first. You know, like you do. I was a, I'm a two drop list. So mm-hmm. with this meta, mm-hmm. where for everyone's taking, you know, the killing GV stuff or counting as three, which again, I have nothing but mortal wounds. Um, I don't really need, and so I want to go low drops to have the option. Um, so I make him go first, and of course he moves up to charge my stuff, and he has two Gargants about to go in and, and, and you know, commit suicide at mm-hmm. this point, but I can't pick up two Gargants with all my spells and all my combat, I can only pick up one. And uh, so I positioned in such a way where um, he could possibly get up to two to come in, but I know I can stop one with Karos. And yeah. so, of course, I'm going to stop the big heavy combat one. I think it's like a war stomper or, you know, the big one with the, the big swing. Crasher? Yeah, doing like three damage just swing, yeah. ten attacks. It's kind of crazy. Um, and so he came in, and of course, I used Karos on him. I let the other one come in. Uh, I position my Lord of Change to be near him. So when he went in to uh, roar, it's fine. I'm already a 3-plus save. And I have all my cheating dice to save all the attacks. And when you attack a each hero, you're minus 1 to hit. Yeah. And so I rolled you. Uh, you roar me. You're hitting on 3s. Uh, now it's going to be 4s. So you're going to miss half your attacks. And then the half you hit and wound, I can save with my cheating dice. And so he kind of, I, I guess we could call felt you know, fell for the trap because it's, you know, kind of is it trap in that sense of you know allowing you to hit something for nothing and so he did that and then I attacked back and did like seven wounds and then in my turn I just released the spells and damn near killed him out right with spells and then I, I left him on like one or two wounds so I can flee everything and then charge him with the inc- incarnate to make him a mm. level three mm-hmm. Um and just kind of positioning it that way and then we do the roll off and I got lucky enough to win and so then the other big guy that was sitting there just unleashed the spells again incarnate go up and dead again you know, yeah. and so it's just kind of, it's it's not a fair match. And at that point, you know, it, the game was pretty much sealed. Um, I'm summoning things, tying tying up, and that's another thing with like when you summon blue horse, you summon them outside of twelve. I can guarantee charge them in. I make sure my Karos or Lord or my uh, change casters wholly uh, within twelve, so you're minus one to hit. And it just was each the way the book is written right now. Um, there's a lot of guarantees, right. and you know, right. and it's not really like you're playing Warhammer. It's like, I know what's going to happen. I know the future. I know how this game's going to turn out. Which is very um, thematic, but it uh, is.
1: it can be a real pain if you're on the other side of the table. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, and
2: it's one of the reasons I, I like the army specifically is I'm not a man of chance. I like yeah. to play chess and understand what's going to happen and what you can do and what I can do back to you. I don't like a lot of luck. I'm um, right. not like my brother. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but that was, that was, um, I mean, there's not much more I can really say about it. I mean, it's literally Gargan's going to smashing, and I was able to kill two before he had a real turn to swing.
1: Uh, yeah. Very good. Very good. And, and that's, I mean, that's a real good matchup for you if you can kind of make sure that you don't get overwhelmed, right? So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. It was, it's, it's, it's guarantees. He, he literally, I think he, he had some mini, um, mini man crushers, but they don't do a ton of right. damage. They throw some rocks, um, you know, and things like that. They sit on objectives, and that's good as well. And here's another thing: is gaze of Gur. You know, uh, I'm looking for some more rulings, but it literally halves your 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 count in terms of you know how many models are contesting an objective. You know, and uh, and that can really affect uh, gargants as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know,
2: just definitely. more and more spells. <laughs>
1: Okay, so then uh, you know you, you kind of work through that one, um, and you make it to the Final Four. Who do you uh, face off here against?
2: This is against Noah.
1: Oh, Ooh. boy. Okay.
2: This, so, I mentioned this earlier. Where So Noah's playing Beastman. Yep. Well, you damn know Caleb doesn't fall for the same mistake twice. He's playing something very similar that Joe Cryer was when he beat me at uh, Summer Slaughter. And so I'm talking to Noah, great freaking guy, by the way. Awesome. Yeah. Aw- everyone I've played is awesome, you know. Um, very great player, but I am literally, like, studied at this point. I know what his stuff does. So I'm like, Here's a, a, a Shagoth, if you don't know, that literally says, hey, I'm within 12 inches, and now you cannot cast spells. And so, mm-hmm. like, Karos or Lord of Change is just, like, standing there, you know, with their 2d6 mortals or whatever and just not doing anything. Yeah, so, of course, stuff, I position yeah. myself. And uh, I asked Noah which one it is, and he knows why I'm asking. He points at him. I go, okay, that's really great. Thank you very much. You know, and where are all your other characters? And just kind of figuring out where they're all at. And his army is a very big summoning army, just like mine. He, uh-huh. does a, he, get, he gets these primal points, um, one for free at the start of every uh, command trait. He can do D3 mortals to himself or to a unit near him near the Hearthstone. Or near his guy and get up to three more there he has um command points that he can spend to get more more uh, p- um, primal points and then of course during a monster if you have a monster when they do his monster reaction depending on what he rolls he can get multiple uh primal points too and you you almost need none to summon anything you know and so it's right, like right. you know you need four to get like a cockatrice you need tend yeah. to get something good, and, and you're getting so much. So I knew this match, I had to do a couple things specifically to put myself in a position um, to do well. And um, I also didn't make the mistake that I made against Joe Cryer, leaving my Incarnate within range of uh, his Enlightened, so he can like put like one or two guys. Because Enlightened, when, uh, if they swing second, gets to reroll all their hits and all their wounds. And with the extra Ren from the Hearthstone. They put forth some hate, even two of them. They can really uh, drop an Incarnate if you misplace. So I I was really tight on my deployment. I was really tight in terms of my measurements, uh, just making sure I don't make the same mistake again, and um, I made him go first. Uh, He moved up. He did his thing. He put his things in position. Uh, I believe he summoned, I think, some gores or something of that nature, Mm -hmm. and... um, didn't really get too much in combat he didn't really want to get within that 18 inch bubble of me just blowing a unit off the table so he was a little bit more you know reserved because you know he knew i was going next and then there was a roll off for possibly going again and um but at that point i kind of knew what his thing did so i saw his uh his um um what's the main uh herd guy the little miniature model is 100 points he gives plus three inches to your move on beastmen um, the great brave shaman, yeah, and he yeah. was the one next to the Hearthstone. He made a mistake by leaving things away from his Hearthstone to do D three mortals. Oh, and so I literally said, "All right, Karos, you're outside of my range. Create a portal. Six mortal wounds. Create a spawn." And uh, I picked him up right away, and that lo- he loses his spell. He loses a lot of his summoning, um, his mortals. And when he loses a model, I believe on a two plus, he becomes a spawn that can do command abilities, which is awesome. Um... But that happened at the same time i oh, released wow. nashing and jaws and purple sun up the yeah. table yeah um and in the hero phase i dispel my uh my spell portal and um of course i move up some shooters and uh, i believe i summon a unit of 10 blues uh on an objective and slowly try start trying to whittle down um his, um, his oh yeah he summoned 10 10 guys on the objective i slowly try to Whittle them down uh, to take the objective From him and that was kind of like The turn one so I didn't really do too much I killed a character Summoned some stuff, casted some good spells Got a lot of points, killed a couple gores But that doesn't really get rid of his meat and potatoes And he had a corn demon prince A unit of six in line A unit of mm. six uh, of the big uh, uh, Bulls that have a bunch of attacks He yep. had a unit of like 20 or 30 Zangors yep. and that's a massive Unit as well
1: I played against uh, I played against this almost exact list. Um, my third round, mm. and um, Night Hunt did pretty good with them. It was a super close game. I think I lost twenty one to nineteen. In oh, that's points. very close. Um, very close game. Night Hunt did pretty good against them, but um, the issue that I had was that stupid Corn Demon Prince, like because he. Um, he was having my charges and then um, one of the, the brace shaman got the spell off that did um, half to movement and charges so gotcha. I had half of a half on my charges gotcha. so I need to box cars to get three inches which I was three inches outside of one of his like major um, units and I just could not get my my ghosts in there you know what I mean so yo no I, I completely <laughs> understand <laughs> it's tough you know. but it was um but it was a very solid game. it was the first game I think I've ever played. Where the two armies met in the middle, and they didn't budge. Like, literally the game ended with our two armies pretty much right in the middle. And that I mean, that's you know? a fun game, though. I yeah. mean, both oh, people totally.
2: are just swinging back and forth. It's murder. You're healing. You're not healing. You're summoning. I mean, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was great. It was great. So I know I, I know that thing. The funny thing about it, though, is because I was playing Nighthaunt, none of the rend of the thing scared me, right? Um, but that's a big difference for you. Like, that rend makes yeah. a big difference to you. <laughs> so. Yeah.
2: One swing against the Lord of Change with a plus two rend or plus one rend. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm bonkers gone. Um, but that was my turn. I also positioned my turkeys to be within 18 inches of his uh, uh, Shagoth, who stops my spells. Mm. And so when I won the roll off, I took the turn. And this is kind of a, a thing with Zeech where I always start in the negative because I couldn't take the points from him. I'm only scoring like... You know, first turn he gets he gets four because there's only one active um, objective on the table. So he only right, got one, right. hold one, hold more, and then his battle tactic, he got four. Well, I only got my battle tactic, so I hold two. And yeah. the next round, since I won the roll-off, he made his uh, objective that he's standing on active. And so now I can't take that either, but I could take yeah. the middle one. So it's hold one and a battle tactic for three points. Right, yeah. so in yeah. the beginning with Zet, you're always, always, always playing in the negative, and this tournament at Nova is differential. Yep. Right. Well, but at this, this point, this Invitational, Invitational was win loss, was win loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this that's an issue you'll you'll hear me talk about, or, or uh, I guess game when we talk about the GT. Yeah, 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 yeah. But back to the Invitational. So then when I won the roll off. He had his general, which was a um, uh, a Zangor Shaman, which I know those models very well. Pretty good spellcasting, very fast, and gets extra plus one to hit for his Enlightened. So by taking that out, I really do hurt uh, quite yeah. a bit and his general so he doesn't get command points. But at the same time, like I said, I repositioned my turkeys to get within 18 inches of his Shagoth. So at that point, I'm like, all right, we're unleashing the hell. Boom, two spells, Shagoth's gone. So now he only has... Uh, 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 two characters, he has his um corn ally demon prince, and he has yeah. his general. Whoop, Caros six mortal wounds, Zangor Shaman's off the table. So now I've killed three of his characters and with Beastman when you get rid of all their monsters, there's no more monster reaction to get more primal points. Yep. Right? There's no more sacrificing to get primal points. And um you're only gonna get one a turn. Yeah. At th- at this point unless you spend command points, there. and your command points are so valuable because you have no general.
1: Right, right, right.
2: And so at this point, I'm just going in, uh, I'm bringing, I'm summoning more blues. I'm bringing yeah. in my incarnate, uh, I'm bringing in, you know, uh, all my shooters, my purple, I believe rolled a one on, on like a, a, a small, you know, insignificant model, uh, my gnashing jaws is rolling three d six, rolling like a twelve, and rolling a two plus and killing ten Gores. Oh you know, God. it's yeah. it's still not doing enough to where I feel confident that I'm I'm good because he still has six enlightened and we know they're crazy strong. He still has yes. the six bulls. He still has the thirty zangors, but I'm not going to make the same mistake and and not deal with stuff. So I'm moving everything in a position uh, to tie him up. Um, to where I put like 10 blues on the corner of his unit where he can't flee and only he gets six guys to hit me back at minus one to hit, doing that a couple different positions and uh, also putting my incarnate in a position where it's going to do a good amount of damage and if I drop a level, that's fine. I'm going to keep him there for two turns until I can cast more spells and reposition my spell cast in to do so. Yeah. And so, in a nutshell, that was kind of how the game played out where, you know, he 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 almost... um got me, but I think he made kind of a bad decision by bringing his Enlighten in the front of my unit, Mm -hmm. versus doing what he was originally planning on doing, and bringing it in the back, where all of my weak stuff was. Right. Um, he was trying to put a hole in my army, um, but it wouldn't matter. Even if he killed every single thing he touched, I still had my threats of my Double Turkey, my Changecaster, and my Incarnate. Um, it didn't matter that he put a hole into all my Summoned or my GVs at that point of the, uh, the game. Um, but needless to say, um, that's kind of how it finished after he made that mistake. I was able to just blow up the unit. Because uh, in our paper, they hit like a hammer. Uh, but they fall down pretty easily with a five-up save and four wounds each. Right. Um, you know, But that was my game uh, um, against uh, Noah.
1: Nice. And so that propelled you to the finals of the Invitational. Tired which... at this point, by the way. Yes, I'm tired. exactly. You got three full games in against elite players. And so now you face off against Jeremy Vessier, who I believe was playing Fire Slayers at that point.
2: Yeah, so I mean, at this point um, of of the game, I am tired, but I, I was also I uh, knew I was playing Jeremy, but the, the rounds were like, all right, Caleb, you finished your round. You have ten minutes. You're gonna play Jeremy, and I'm like, all right. Well, what does Jeremy have? No, I I mean, Jeremy's a great player. I've known of him. I've never played him. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's on stream, so there's always that kind of fun fun part of it, and um the clock is in play and so um as we go up the table we're kind of just setting up the table the terrain um getting all that going and the clock has already started and I'm like okay crap but what the hell does this stuff do he has 11 characters what and he has like tokens on each character I'm like trying to look and read (laughs) and I see something that says like plus one damage plus one hit plus one move and I'm like, okay, all right, that's confusing. Um, hey, Jeremy, wh- what does this stuff do? And he's like, well, let me tell you. And he puts the time in my time because I'm asking a question.
1: Yeah.
2: And I'm like, fuck, my time's going lower. I'm like, <laughs> right, right. And he's like, well, this character has this, 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 and he could do this. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Well, what's the next character? Well, this character has this, 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 this. I'm like, that's cool. Okay, I can't do this 11 times. Um, yeah. Where is the guy that stops my spells? <laughs> and he points to a guy with a staff. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like, a right, staff guy. But they all look the fucking same. Excuse my yeah. language. I mean, and I'm I like, think all He
1: right. had like eleven of the same model, right? Like the Doom. Um, yeah, and I, I'd guy. never played
2: against the army not once uh, yeah. with the new book. I, I played against Mike Vaginos's Fire Slayers, where he had like units of like Berser- Volkite Berserkers, Berserker and they're really yeah, good. Okay. But it was like units of them in like one or two characters. It was very yeah. like n- kind of consistent with what I'm used to. This one was a very uh, mix, so I didn't really know what things did, and um, um, so it was a little frustrating. I kind of was like, "Screw it, let's go," because I already spent like ten or fifteen minutes of my you know hour and fifteen minutes to play the game. I got like an hour left to to actually play, and uh, I kind of just don't know what things completely do. I don't know what has an after save. I don't know any of the rules, and I'm just like, "Let's just roll dice, Caleb." All right, take six mortal wounds, and I'm like, "Do yeah. you have an after save?" And he's like, "A six up." I'm like, "Cool." Did I kill him? <laughs> I don't even know how many wounds he has. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was just one of those situations where I didn't know. Um, and he's moving his stuff up, and uh, the big deciding point for me in the game, I think it, it's on stream, you can actually uh, hear my confusion and, you know, I guess frustration. Um, I uh, I pointed to um, his character, and I thought, you know, it's, there was a big building in the way, and yeah. his, his four up ward save or four up negate spell guys was behind the building. And so when I pointed directly above the model but towards another guy with a staff on the back lines i said is that your guy he said yes he thought i was talking about the guy behind the building that i didn't see um and so when i cast a spell on a on a unit uh and he rolled his four plus i got really confused i said no no your guy's back there he said no it's behind the building i'm like oh fuck i I wouldn't have picked that battle tactic if i knew because i don't take chances you right, know, I don't right. take a 4-plus chance on 4 spells. You just got to roll four fours. That's very possible. And then I don't do any damage. I would have picked, you know, ATO or desecrate the lands or something that's very yep. easy. Um, so at that point, it was too late to take it back. Um, and then after I did finally get through his 4-up, he had bodyguards. And I'm like, well, fuck, I didn't know you had bodyguards too. And that's my fault, right? Yeah. I don't know the rules. I don't know what his stuff did. I didn't have the time to really ask. The clock is going down. And so... It, at that point, it was one of those situations where now I'm playing behind. GoTrek is moving up and, and doing what GoTrek does. Uh, I'm trying to do a clock of take out everything on the left side and start moving to the right. But I'm not moving quickly enough. And um, the time is going down. And uh, the game ended. And, uh, you know, I, I lost. I lost uh, um, that match due to points and not picking the right battle tactics and not knowing what to kill. Um, and I uh, wasn't even thinking about Gotrek and casting Purple Sun just because I'm not thinking. The clock is going down. It's one of those things where if you give me time and I know what your stuff does, just put Purple Sun next to Gotrek. I know he's not going to die, but then I can just summon pinks and just sheer weight of firepower and be like, alright, take 35 saves, you know, minus 3 or minus 2 yeah. and then and then have him roll a whole bunch of, uh, you know, 3 pluses and see how many 2s and 1s he rolls uh, for 2 turns in a row. Yep. You know. Yep. And so just not fully understanding everything is what I believe costed me that game. But again, no no you know, ill will. Jeremy's a phenomenal player. I just didn't know that his guy was behind the building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was another guy. He had like another guy with like a, a staff and some fire. I didn't even know what that model was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but again <laughs> lesson yeah, I mean, learned, I'd study think- books.
1: I think, too, like, if, if I'm not mistaken, like, it was kind of a new army for him. He was just kind of, like, this is one of those armies that we were talking about, right, where he just kind of took it for fun. It was different than his normal army, um, and he wanted to see kind of what it could do. Obviously, he did very well with it. Um, but, uh, you know, it makes me wonder if, like, like he was, like, fully up on what everybody could do. Because, like, when you know what your army does, you can give the elevator speech and ask the other opponent like do you need more or is that good enough you know what Correct. i mean because like i played i played against enough people who knew night Hunt that they're like just give me the like the super fast rundown and so i'm like i got these many herodans they negate your ward save i got that guy that does that that guy that does that that guy that does that and i'm done do you know what i mean and they're like yeah okay cool i got it um but you know if if um if you don't know your army, like, that well, it's hard to sometimes be able to do the elevator speech, especially with mm-hmm. that many freaking heroes that have got a whole bunch of different stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that that makes it tough. Yeah. No, so. absolutely.
2: No, I, yeah. I I understand it. You know, at the end of the day, it is my fault. You know, it's... I should research everyone's army and what it does that's so and tough to do though it is you know? tough. I have a good memory, but it's 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 tough, yeah, but, but it's but still even
1: you got to buy the book or something you know what I mean like it's, I'm with it's it tough so. it wouldn't
2: have been a problem if there was no clock, you yeah. know because then I don't have the stress right. of like, oh shit, he still has an hour and twenty minutes play, and I have an hour right, right. you know and, and let's go you know, yeah. and seeing that clock up down and not really fully understand like what your family do, how do lodges work, so your grand strategies is is keep your little endless spell alive, and if I kill your character, it comes back to life for free, and if you just don't move, it stays alive, and there's nothing I can do? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, enjoy the three points. Can I can I play a book that does that? <laughs> right. You know, and that's actually another thing about the whole community right now. We, A lot of tournaments are allowing everyone to have their own book rules, right. and some are a lot easier than others, and Zeech is literally just playing the book.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know, and, uh, that's, that's a, that's a fun one right now. But again, news each books around the corner. So, you know, we'll see, maybe they're going to have something that says Caleb cast two spells and you get a grand strategy <laughs> and I'm be like, you know what guys, we should keep the book ones. These are really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know that I leaned on some of the night hot ones, um, when I was struggling to like come up with one that like, I didn't have to kill because like most of them were dead already or, you know, I'm like, Oh, here's this black coach one that I'll just use. Like, yeah. You know, it was it was helpful. It was helpful. Yeah. You know, it was great. All right, so four games in, you're probably pretty tired. You probably want to go crash in bed. Um, I know I played three games on, on Friday night, I came home and fell asleep on the couch. In front of me and that was only three games. So um, so you wake up bright and early first day of the Nova GT. Um, who are your opponents on this day? No, we need to back
2: up. Oh yeah. Let me back we up. need to back okay. up. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, the restaurant they had in the Renaissance, they had this steak. Oh yeah. It was delicious.
1: Oh, that, that restaurant was really good. I had a, oh, um,
2: expensive. Yeah. Expensive. And now I will say to be kind of funny, it wasn't like I had to pay tickets to buy stuff. Oh, I used actual money. Okay,
1: you know. <laughs> so so for some context to those people who weren't the Nova Open, they had the Nova Open Cantina and uh it was two dollars a ticket and they realized halfway through that they were charging way too many tickets for some of the items and they had to kind of re readjust some of their prices. But even then, dude, I um like a little donut, like a little regular donut, not even like a monster glaze donut or something like that. You're talking like a, a Dunkin' Donut-style donut style donut was um six dollars. Shut up. Yeah. Was, I only um, bought one drink it was to three be honest tickets, with you. Dude. It was three tickets.
2: For it. I literally went to the bar and first of all there was like six bars. It was kinda of wild. Like yeah. as soon as you walked out of the exhibit uh from the game, there was a bar to your left, a bar to your right, you turn the corner, there's a bar there. You walk down the hall, there's a room with another bar and food. I'm like, Alright, are we alcoholics here? Like what's going on? <laughs> so I go to the bar and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not a big drinker, so I'm like, can I get an omroto sour? They're like we can't make that. I'm like, all right, what about a white Russian? We can't make that either. Maybe they can do it down the hall. I'm like, all right, go down the hall. The guy says he can't do it either. I'm like, what can you make? I like like little foo foo drinks with some liquor. That sounds great. You to make you yeah. a margarita. I'm like, all right, how much? He's like he's like, how much money? And he's like tickets. I'm like, Okay, what the stop playing with me. How many how much is he has five tickets? I'm like, All oh right, and I go back gosh. out there. And I'm literally like, can I get five tickets for like $10? I'm like, holy crap, this drink is $10? This better be a damn good drink. Yeah, right. So I'm I'm egging the guys on. There's like 10 staff members, and I'm the only one there. I'm getting kind of a troll. And um, I'm like, all right, this better be the best damn five-ticket drink I've ever had in my life. (laughs) If my man didn't pull out a five-ounce cup, fill it with a whole bunch of ice, and start pouring me liquor, I was like, this piece of what the hell? This is like two sips. Yeah, but I will say that it was uh it was it was quite delicious uh you know two sips, <laughs> uh, I will say. Yeah, you know? but
1: still though, I mean like the best deal they had was this ham sandwich was like a kind of a foot long, kind of a foot long. Yeah, and that was like six tickets. You know what I mean? And and yeah, that was that was comparable to like going down to the food trucks. But honestly, like I did better when I went down and had lunch in the hotel restaurant. Yes. I got a, you know, a, an amazing club sandwich, some amazing fries, and fries it was the delicious. same price. It was the same price as if I had gotten this kind of, you know, little sandwich with uh with like a Gatorade. It, I mean, yeah. it was in fact more of that little sandwich and a Gatorade. No, so.
2: I, I I mean I spent quite a bit of money 2 days in a row. I I got the uh, the ribeye the day before. It was like 60 bucks, so bear in mind it's very expensive. Yeah. But it was like better than Ruth Chris. Better than you know. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, it was it was damn delicious, perfectly yeah. cooked. Uh, the garlic mashed potatoes, the green beans. I mean, everything was just. Fluffy, delicious. And I had that on Wednesday night, the first night. So on Thursday after the invitation, I'm like, let's do it again. Another $60 <laughs> steak. We're having a good time. Right. And right. so I'm double staking at that point. I'm smiling. I'm drinking alcohol. So I'm already feeling good. Yeah. I'm walking in clouds. But of course, as soon as I went upstairs, I crashed and crashed hard. Yeah, I you know. You did. And, uh, but yeah, so the next day. <laughs> yeah. Next so day. Yeah. the next day is the GT. Um, the next day is the thing that I was the most excited about. Um, you know, GTs are, are fun. I get to play against people I've never played against. And when you play in the invitational, you're playing against people you normally play against because you're normally, if you're invited to an invitational, you're normally playing at the top tables. And if you play mm-hmm. on the top tables, you're normally kind of playing against similar people or the same people, maybe with different lists or the same list. Right. And uh, so a GT is great because I get to play against, honestly a whole bunch of people, I've never really had the opportunity to. And so I'm nervous, I'm excited, and, uh, you know, at this point, after uh, they call me for my uh, my first game, I uh, I go there and I'm like, all right, who do I get to play? And like I mentioned earlier, my worst match is um, Carriage on Overlords.
1: Oh, my gosh, that's right out of the gate.
2: And my first match is Carriage on Overlords. So I'm already thinking, like, who set me up? Who? <laughs> because <laughs> I've said it to multiple people. I'm like the only army can beat me is Courage Overlords. That's the only yeah. army can beat me. Yeah. And I know the first game you could you could set up technically with like a Judge judge. So I'm I'm being yeah. a little cheeky with my brother and my friends. I'm like, who set me up? Who yeah. did this? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is pretty gangster. Yeah. And I'm just having a little bit of fun with it at that point. Which I doubt, of course, they set me up. But if they did, that's savage. And um, it's uh, I'm playing him. And uh, first of all, it's it's against an amazing guy. I've seen him so much, Joe uh, Shoemaker and okay. um you know so i know him i know him i i don't we haven't really had a chance but he's such an amazing opponent uh very friendly very down to earth um even though i do know him again i haven't played him and his army looks gorgeous. I mean, he literally has, mm-hmm. he, he's playing, you know, Masters in the Sky, you know, he has his his big old, you know, ironclad, he has inside that ironclad, he also has gun haulers, um, two of them, he, he has his thunderers that do like 30 attacks, twos on twos, minus three, like yeah. craziness, like yeah. shooting, um, you know. He has his Admiral. He has Purple Sun that's going to come out and do a whole bunch of damage. And it's um,
1: in a bottle, so it goes off automatically. Oh, my gosh. It was such yeah. a
2: scary thing. Yeah. And so I'm positioning my stuff where I'm like, all right, so if I stay outside of three inches from my front, he can't instantly kill my Lord or Karos. And my change caster, I'll put him in a position where he can shoot him and kill him, but I, I'll be fine. My Lord's on a 3+. My Karos is on a 4+. plus. My Incarnate, he's not going to shoot because he knows he's not going to do it. If I keep the Incarnate outside of 3, he can't drop, on, drop him a level and then kill him. So I'll protect him at least for, you know, my turn. If I make him go first, I have a chance. If I go first and he goes back-to-back, I'll lose the whole game and I'll, the whole tournament's done. And I'm not going to win, you know, because it's differential. And with Zeech, as I mentioned before, I'm always playing behind. So the mm-hmm. points in the game are always very close. So if I lose one game... I'm pretty much out of the tournament, Yeah, and and I know this, and so I'm like, okay, what do we do? And I don't really understand all of his stuff, even though I've talked to him about it. I didn't know his Thunders did like 30 damn hits at twos on twos, minus two, but with Purple Sun, minus three. Um, And again, so uh, all I I decided to do in that match, give him first turn, because I can't take a double, and I might go twice, and if I go twice, I think I'm fine, unless he kills all my stuff in one turn. Yeah. And that was the worry. So I decided to go Finest Hour on Karos proactively. So we both were on a 3+. And whatever he shoots, depending on where that Thunders shoot, I'll do all-out defense. I had actually very good cheating dice, too. I literally rolled 5 or six fives and sixes. And that's wow. amazing because you only roll 9 dice. And whatever you roll, that's what you can use in the game for armor saves. And my list, I don't really need them except for armor saves. And right. I can't say how many games where I've rolled a whole bunch of threes, twos, and ones. and I Or I roll very average, where I'll roll like one or two sixes and one five maybe, and, a, you know, uh, rest are fours and below. Right. But this game, I rolled kind of hot. I was like, thank you Zeech, let's go. And, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I did all that, so I had three plus, three plus, and I knew he was nervous about Karos, because he can change once per game ability, he could do a flat six mortal wounds onto his, like, his character, put a spawn next to his unit that can't flee now, and then I can charge with the Incarnate. So I knew he was nervous of Karos, and so I wanted to give Keros the best chance of winning and uh he uh he took the first of course I gave it to him and he brought hell upon me put his ironclad in the corner uh which I thought was a big mistake because if I brought my incarnate over there and I killed it which I could very easily do uh then all of his models inside would die and he had like 10 thunders three characters and I'm like that's not the smartest place to put it but I do understand you want to protect yourself, but I'm not saying that to him, of course, it's just me thinking in my head yeah. while he's playing. He brought his uh, gun haulers, he brought his other small, medium boat, he brought all those characters, he did the full thing, he did the bottle, and what he cares about is the minus one armor, so he brought my Karos and Lord to a four plus save. And then, of course, with the shots going minus two, you know, more, um, it was quite dangerous. So he opened up with the Thunders, and once he did that, I was like, alright, all out defense, Kairos. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I I wish he would have shot with his smaller d six d six damage ones to see if I would have possibly used my all out defense and then switched the target to the other turkey just to kill him, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, and he he focused all his thunders and literally was like, "All right, Caleb, take uh." take 17 or 18 minus three saves on a three plus brought me, um, uh, brought me uh, to a five up save with my all out defense. Mm. And I'm like, all right, five ups. Okay. You know what? It's pointless for me to use my cheating dice because, you know, it just, there's no guarantees. And I really need those for his D six damage ones. Right. Let's just roll these 17 dice and see if I roll a bunch of fives. And I rolled enough to where I had three wounds left. He did 11 wounds. And I'm like, that was a decent amount of fives. Wasn't, wasn't bad it wasn't great it was it was a good amount just slightly above average yep and so i'm like all right that was good and then um from there um he had to finish keros and uh so he was like all right now my 3d6 character is going to shoot at you take your saves and i'm like all right uh they're only one wound each and he only did uh he did four wounds let me use one cheating dice so i'm alive and then i'll roll three Right? Or no, it was like, he did like three. So I, had one, I always made sure I couldn't stay alive with one wound. So I'll take one cheating dice and then I'll roll two. And I'm like, oh, I passed both. I'm like, shit, okay, I'll, I'll work. All right, he's like, next character, 3d6 dice. And he missed, um, he missed all his hits because they're like fours on fours. And then he's like, next character, seven dice, take two saves. I'm like, well, I can't die from these. Roll them, take one wound. I got two left. Yeah. Right? And then he's like, all right, first big attack. And I'm like, I save it. Second big attack, I save it. He's like, all right, take these 12 hits, take 7 seven dice. I'm like, crap, that's 7, minus 2. All right, um, let me just roll them. Rolled them. I died, even with Kairos' ability, wouldn't work. Um, but he's almost released every single thing. His Ironclad I had to shoot it with his big attacks. He only had two of the small gun haulers to shoot the Lord. Yeah. And so I saved one with a roll, and then I failed my other one, and he did like D6 and did three wounds. So at that point in the game... He blew his load, and um, he killed Karros. He uh, killed my, um, uh, uh, I guess, my Acolytes on my left, my right-hand side. So my Acolytes are gone. Karros is gone. Um, He weakened my Zangors. I actually had to uh, uh, pick up a couple of them also because of coherency issues. And um, all I had left alive was my Lord with a few wounds, my Mm -hmm. Incarnate my little changecaster, some zangors and my unit of uh acolytes. And mm-hmm. uh and it was it was, it was enough uh, yeah, for me. I was
1: gonna say it sounds like you, you got out of the first round barely, but you know, uh, but you did win big though. And and let's talk about the scoring for the grand tournament, right? We yeah. told we said earlier it's a differential score. So I think if you won twenty seven plus victory points to your opponent zero, that you would get the max score of twenty, right? Twenty to twenty to nothing. Yeah. Um. If you you know, and it, and it kind of went down. There's a whole table. It went down So, like, you know, if you had um a differential of, like, five or more or something like that, um, then maybe you were at, like, um, 16 and four or something like that. You know, the winner getting 16, the loser getting four. Um, and the way that they ranked the tournament, too, it wasn't just... I mean, the, the differential scores you added up, and then whoever got that moved to the top. But if you notice, and, and I, I don't know that uh, many people notice this right on because they, they went so heavy explaining the differential system, but... Um, they ranked in the in the tournament. They ranked you first by games won or lost, and then battle points. Gotcha. Um, and the battle points was that differential that you would add up, right? Sixteen plus ten plus sixteen plus whatever. Which plus. is not
2: fair because my brother's piggy army destroys people in one or two turns, and the differential is much bigger. Jealous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you obviously have some strong opinions about this differential and so did, um, Anthony Trentinelli who was playing your list essentially. I mean, he was on the show the last podcast and told me that he was wholesale copying your list and he was very, very very clear about that, you know? Um, but I, I caught up with him after Saturday. No, it was, it was Sunday. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. It was Saturday. Saturday um, afternoon after the f- you know the fifth round, so the cutoff to the elite. Um, I caught up with him, and, and he was like, "I hate the scoring differential." And he <laughs> kind of re- he he referred to the list, and he says, "This list of Zinch in this army is not meant to win explosive games. They are meant to grind it out, control the board, and give you a win or a loss. You know, they're not like this list isn't isn't one that's gonna take um, you twenty and zero very often." It's what what he was saying i don 't know what the validity is to that, um but I figure that if anybody knew Caleb like you did
2: no I mean uh he has anthony's not wrong, you know my my army again is to it's to crawl back from you know losing the first two, maybe three rounds of a game, uh, but at that point to swing so heavily to where you score nothing, and I score, I keep scoring on my last two two to three turns, um and so he's not wrong. The points seem to be a lot closer um Unless the matchup is very favorable for you, um, and uh, you know, speaking about Anthony playing, you know, my list, I, you know, first, first of all, it's it's kind of one of those things. It's it's nice to see see somebody who's a high end player like Anthony thinking, you know, that you know, hey, my list is really good. I wanna, I really want right. to give it a go, and it's kind of a you know, it's almost like an honor honor thing, and I really appreciate. it. It um, is kind of flattering. Um, you know? Yeah, it's it's, it's nice, because it's not a normal list. It's not something that people... I've never seen anyone play my exact list. Maybe yeah. something similar, but never exact. Um, and so it was, it was definitely cool. Um, but to speak to his point, he's absolutely right. You know, it's uh, it's it's a crawling army, and if you lose one game, I, I definitely would have been, you know, I wouldn't say sour, but a little bit more opinionated about the differential, because it really does help those armies that are like, you know, the Nurgle... Drowned Men where they're going to push you in and you're just stuck there for three or four turns killing yeah. them. You might kill their whole army but at that point you only get one round of scoring. Yeah, you're not getting you know? your
1: battle tactics. You're not getting your, like, <laughs> each round VP that, victory points that you're getting, right? So um, Nurgle's able, that Drowned Men list in particular, is able to grow that divide very quickly.
2: No, absolutely. And the same with my brother's uh, piggy army. It's like 16 pigs. Run in, first turn, just blow up your whole army, back out with blood tooth 8 inches again, and see what you can do, and then just re- rinse and repeat
1: yeah. uh,
2: as you try to score. And so the differential's tough. And this is the first time they've had a game like this. And I'll be honest, if every tournament went to this from now on, I would be hard-pressed to keep playing the list that's similar to what I'm playing now because it's a it's a long, technical tactical list that's made to lose so that it can win later
1: now does it change your opinion of the way that they scored it knowing that they scored it games one first and then battle point second
2: i mean it's the same thing because i mean if you lose a game you're now all the way on the bottom of all the 4-1 people that's true and you're you're not winning as high as they're winning and so they're going to be above you and that's I don't know where Anthony finished. I believe he did lose one game. Yep. Um, and I think only he was losing in the top
1: twenty still, but outside of yeah, that, elite if, age, if you're
2: right? not in the top eight, yeah. you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. So here's the here's the thing. Um, your army is very good about winning and losing, right? Just straight wins and losses. Yes. Um, so in theory, like if you can win all of your games, then the point differential actually really doesn't matter. No. You know, if you can go five and zero, and in fact, I think we saw that there was a couple five and zero people that had lower battle scores than some four one people that actually didn't make the cut.
2: Yes, we did. We did yep. see that absolutely.
1: So, uh, so you know, it's funny because I, I think Anthony is uh, half right. Right, like yes, it, the tur- the scoring in the tournament does favor certain armies over others. However. If you can, even if you win your game by one victory point, like you're still gonna make the top eight if you win each of your games. Yeah. You know, so you could you could just play a straight win loss strategy. Correct. And still make it.
2: Hundred percent. Right. And that's literally what I was going for. I didn't care how many points I won by. Yeah. I was never trying to, you know, stop my opponent from getting everything he wanted to get, and unless it was feasible for me to do so it was just me making sure that i could win the game so i'm always thinking it's kind of funny when people say like two turns ahead but i am at you know literally on turn three i'm always thinking all right what's your grand strategy just double check again okay so Mm -hmm. you need to have more stuff in my deployment zone i need to have more stuff in your deployment zone at this state of the game you can probably get two let me make sure i have three let me start thinking about my summoning stuff kitty in that corner so every time i create a spawn and I put that spawn within three inches, I'll flee that spawn out Yeah. as long as it's not within the domination range. Because I don't really, you know, spawn's not going to do that much damage. I don't need to hold that unit up. Let me just flee them out so I can have one more than you for the next two to three turns. Yeah. Um, And just thinking about, you know, that kind of stuff just to win the game, not necessarily to crush your opponent. Yeah.
1: All right, so... um, who was your second round? Okay. Oh,
2: no, we can't go there yet. I need to talk oh. about Joe for one more second okay, in my first yeah. game. Okay, all right. Let's, let's hit so, Joe up again. Joe, we talked about it at the end of the game, and I told him he could have just completely ruffled stomped my ass so hard, but he made one of the biggest mistakes that I didn't see right away because I didn't know how powerful his thunderers were. Oh, right. right. And what I mean by that is my incarnate was positioned outside of three inches of because of the purple sun. But because of that, my domination range was wholly within 10 inches of my Zangors uh, and also my Acolytes. And I was just within 3 inches of my Acolytes to where I'm in combat with them. If he would have killed my Lord instead of focusing Karos, well now my reroll Cast and Dispelling Unbinding is gone. My General has gone from my Command Points. My Incarnate is stuck in combat and will kill my own stuff for two turns. So even if I go next, I can't move. Oh, I see. I have to kill myself.
1: Yep.
2: So instead of me going to kill his big old, you know, boat, Ironclad, you know, I would kill myself. So just as much as I win I won Nova, I could have simply have lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know, and I I as much as I am I I do pride myself on being a good player, and I do pride myself on being tactical, my tactical mistake was actually making Caros finest hour. I mm. should have made my Lord finest hour. Karos would have been a four plus, my lord would have been a two plus, and then a one plus with the, you know, um finest uh finest time of my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? And so that was um <clears throat> I would say that was my, my mistake. And if I have to play it again I would do that and allow Karos to die quicker. And then more shots, yeah, I would have went the Lord, but I still would have saved him and but I would have guaranteed my Incarnate would not be killing my own stuff versus taking the chance.
1: Right. Right. So
2: that was the only thing I wanted to say because we and Joe talked about it. And uh, I want to give kudos where kudos do because saw solid as well. And when your opponent sees his mistake, he's not going to make that mistake again. Right. And, uh, and I think that was really, really smart of, of him to catch that. It was great. Uh, but my next game was against Tem. Um, Tem is a new player to AOS, and I love to see that. People who uh, are new, but are still kicking butt, because he had to win his first game. And he was playing uh, uh, Stormcast, and his list was very, very top-heavy. I mean, uh, I guess mid-heavy. Uh, he only had one character, a Lord Relictor. Okay. Um, And then he had two units of Dragoth, uh, the Guard uh, Tempest. The Oh, yeah. Two units of four. Uh, and it, So it wasn't units of two, it was two units of four. Yeah. So Big ol' big old guys, and they're in the sky, and uh, he also had a unit of four dragons.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, very, very mid-heavy, very, very strong, um, You know, and he also had a chariot, um, and the chariots don't don't play, and he had a battle regiment, and he was a one-drop, and I was a two. Wow. Yeah, so it was, even though it was a new player, he was playing some some awesome stuff, and so uh, he had his chariot on the table, he had his character on the table, um, you know, uh he had his uh, Vindictors on the table, so he had three things on the table, and he had three things in the sky. This you know, his his, uh, his two units of four of those big knights. He has dragons in the sky, and and he gave me first turn like a baller he would. And I'm like, man, you a you are a slick junior. But again, Karos killed his only general, killed his character, turn one. Oh. And so no more free command points. Yep. Um and then I released Purple Sun and Gnashing Jaws and Spell Portal. Um, And this is where I was trying to use them to uh, defend myself as much as I can. Um, But again, when he went first, uh, and I I, I summoned as well. So I created a big old arc of protection. So it would take him two turns to get to me. And I summoned on the top a unit of blues, um, you know, just to stop the unit of four guys coming down because – with the Incarnate, anytime somebody's playing dragons, you could just pretty much take out the dragons and take out the Incarnate out of the game, at least for until turn three or four. Mm-hmm. But the Incarnate will tend to win every time because every dragon that dies, you go up a level. And, of course, the dragons will kill you and bring you down a level. So it's like plus one, minus one, plus one, minus one. <laughs> and so it's just right. a big old seesaw. But those four will be done. So the issue is the Fulminators, the those units. And he he, um, the only thing that saved me in that game is... Um, he didn't roll the back-to-back churns um to kill me and also he killed my my um Um, On the top part where I summoned those 10 uh, blue whores, he killed them with his four very easily. But then I rolled the five plus and I rebuffered right in front of the dragons uh, to stop the dragons from going. So I got lucky with the five plus. But when I was able to go and he didn't go back to back and I was able to play fair hammer, my spells literally just picked up those four units and weakened the other ones. And then it was pretty much game. Um, There's nothing he could do because at that point, the dragons are taken out of the game the four Fulminers taking up the game and the other four Fulminers are starting to be weakened. And now they're having to face another unit of 10 blues and the rest of my army that are just tying them up. And so they couldn't move for two turns. And then I'll have another turn to cast spells and just uh, finish Mm -hmm. them off. So that game was very quick, very fast, but it could have went South if he would have rolled back to back. Uh, I still had Karos's ability to stop a charge. uh, So that still would have saved me, I guess. Um, But very nice opponent, very good guy. Um, it just it was kind of one of those things. Was just kind of, I had the right pieces to stop his pieces.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. And and you kind of get those little random matchups in round two still, right? Because yeah, you know, you've got game people who won, people who lost, and depending on how that first one is, you're like the the you're still shaking out who should be in the top. You know, obviously, right? And so um, I don't think it's until game three that you really start to face your Real opposition of your level, right? Because that's where the rubber kind of meets the road. So, who was uh, who was your number three?
2: Gareth Thomas.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And um, yeah, I've never I never had the opportunity to play him. Um, we're talking, you know, I was, you know, I was, we we're just having a good time. I said, yeah, I think I'm gonna go to LVO this year. He's like, I run LVO. I'm like, nice to meet you.
1: Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say he. Um, we had Reese Robbins on the show uh, early on to talk about FLG and. LVO and you know like that so the front he like he's part of the ownership of frontline gaming that sponsors LVO and yeah you know you see their ads everywhere and Gareth Thomas is his partner right so that's cool that he came out was playing
2: oh no it's awesome and the whole time I'm playing my opponents I'm giving them some of my uh, tokens and measuring sticks and uh, I'm giving away for free just because you know my opponent I want to give them something for free I'm I'm Christmas that's my army it's a Christmas themes each here's a gift and um, uh, he liked them actually, and he placed an order with me. And uh, I was like, that's really awesome. And so, um, and it was great playing them. But he's playing a corn army that's okay. almost like a direct counter to my army. Oh. Because on a six up, um, whatever spells I target him with, uh, they don't go off. And he also gets a, um, uh, a blood tithe point. And after oh. two blood tithe points, he can dispel a spell for free. Yeah. And he has uh, um, um, like a. A priest who gets blood tithe points and every mm-hmm. time someone dies he gets another point and every two mm-hmm. he gets a spell, a spell and they never go away it's not like they used to where he'll collect six and they go away he'll just be like i right i'm gonna use two to dispel i'm gonna charge you in this one and then i'm gonna summon something on this one so it was actually quite difficult um and he had the incarnate um you know in his list and they takes me two turns to kill it he had three he needs a flesh hounds he had a demon prince to stop my charge he mm-hmm. had the priest, he had the incensate rage, he had Scarbrand, he had an unfettered fury, that if you got within like twenty-two or twenty-four inches, they're just charging you and you could do nothing about it. Um But he had more drops than a uh, two drops, so I made him go first, do his thing, kind of a, almost like a waste he brought up his incarnate, and uh I decided, uh since that's the only model he brought up. I decided to play it safe and just collect like one battle tactic, get within range just to cast like a six mortal wound spell at the incarnate, do a bunch of damage to it. Don't put anything physical in front of it, like to do combat damage, just all shooting. I got it up to like 13 or 14 wounds. He dropped the level to level one. Mm. Um, We rolled off and uh, I can't can't remember who won this one. Um, I believe he did and he brought up Scarbrand to kill um, a unit... I can't 100% remember who went next but uh, needless to say um, I uh, I targeted his Incarnate again um, with all my spells and was able to remove it from play but then his Scarbrand came up and killed a whole bunch of units and then my Incarnate went into the Scarbrand and I had to use Karos' ability because I rolled like a, a 1 on my big attack that does <laughs> 4 damage yeah. and I had to use Karos just to make it to where it either wounded or he failed to save and I killed Scarbrand but again, every time I do this He's gaining blood tithe points, and every spell yeah. I like cast, stop stopping spell. So the game was freaking close. Uh, I did not expect it. I, I felt very confident going in the game, uh-huh. but playing the game and his his skill is his his skills as a player, and his ability to to know what models to pull, his ability to pile in to stop me from piling in to actually doing damage, his ability yeah. to pile away. Very strong player. Amazing opponent. Um, I I I I've never rolled an 18 with gnashing jaws, but damn it, if I didn't roll an 18 in that last round and kill all five of his flesh hounds he summoned, and I did it, oh my and I'm gosh. like, that was pretty cool. I rolled an 18 and I rolled a two plus. They're all dead. Yeah, wow. You know, that's and uh, Gareth couldn't believe it either. He was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, awesome. but no it was a it was a really uh back and forth game it was a tight game it was a, actually a closed game um it was a nail biter if you watched it you're like wow this is combat versus casting magic defense versus magic right, offense right right you know free summoning versus free summoning what the hell is going on
1: yeah awesome well, that that concluded day one of the GT. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know you went and got steak, and probably ended up crashing again that night. <laughs> you know, because now you've got six or seven games under your belt. Um, so we report back the next morning. Um, this is Saturday morning, yep. and uh, now it's now it's starting to feel for real, right? <laughs> you're 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 in game four. You're two games away. Of being able to crack the top eight and get into the um, the single elimination playoffs. Who's your fourth opponent sat- uh, Saturday morning?
2: Uh, it's Justin uh, Haglin. Okay. And uh, Justin's playing Nighthaunt, and that's the match that I want to play against. Yeah, nice. Uh, okay. That's my direct counter. Which, uh, uh, to- which
1: list did he have? Did he have the Blade Guys list or the Harrow? He list? had the Scarlet Doom. Okay, yep.
2: He had two spirit torments, guardian of souls. He had the uh, two two cruciators for so the minus two damage. Uh, two units of twenty, um, uh, revenants, uh, hex mm-hmm. race, spirit mm-hmm. host, uh, and uh, and and more hex race and mirrmorn banshees, purple sun, bouncers, honey, you know regiment, you know the whole the whole kit and caboodle. He had he had it all. Um, but again, Zeech literally just. Puts that army in, in such a bad position. Yeah.
1: The fact that they couldn't retreat from you is... Can't retreat. That's it. I mean, you're kind of done at that point because you rely so heavily on being able to get three inches out, retreat back in, knock down their save ward, or, yeah, you know, like, um, uh, you know, knock down their save. And with the Scarlet Doom, they have to charge in to be able to do all those mortal wounds. Yeah, So they'll exactly. do it maybe the first time, but um, you're not going to get it a not, second time.
2: Not really, because you got to think about, like... So I'm casting 13 spells. He's not stopping That's them. That's right. That's Right? Right, And I'm killing characters. I'm doing six mortal wounds and stuff, putting a spawn in combat, so you have to deal with that. Then I'm charging in 10 blue horrors, barely touching... Uh, I'm using... Well, what I'm doing is I'm actually using Gnashing Jaws and Purple Sun to create a pincer move to where only uh, three Blade guys can actually swing against my blue horse, because oh, uh, I'm pinching the whole unit in with mm-hmm. these two big endless spells, and you can only attack with one GV unit and then two GV units behind it because of the base size, and you and that's it. So I have 20 models minus one to hit versus a four four to hit, three to wound with six attacks. Yeah. And so I took out a 20-man unit. Uh, my incarnate took out the other 20 with uh, the, um, the other guy, and then my spell casting is just it's just dominating. And the fact that he but yeah, like I'm playing these people and you could tell that when you're playing there's certain matches you could tell that it's just not going well for your opponent. Yeah. But he's not getting sour. He's not getting frustrated. He's smiling. He's having a good time. We're talking about, you know, our businesses. Um, you know, I, he he's the gentleman, um I forgot the name of the business already. He he makes all the mouse pad objectives. Um all the you know the the objective markers that we use yep, in the game yep. he makes them all and we were talking oh, wow. about you know everything we're doing and I'm talking about my stuff and and it was just a fun you know almost like relationship building environment where I'm like hey how about I give you this for free and he's like how about I give you that for free I'm like nice. well,
1: like hell yeah it's like you just swap soccer jerseys oh hell yeah know? we're like having a good time and I'm like this is amazing
2: and so now I have to Sent him uh, some Zeech, uh, um, you know, PNG images so I can get some custom uh, uh, things created. And it's just, it was just, a, it was a great game. But my list was made to counter that yeah. list. Yeah. Um, okay. And so, I don't know, there's not much more I could really, you know.
1: Yeah, and you probably won pretty handily that one too. I did. You know? So, which just sucks for him. But, I mean, that's that's the way it goes, right? Yeah. Gotta know your meta. Gotta know your meta. So, uh, so this brings us to the final Game of the general portion of the GT uh, game number five, yep. and um, the, at this point there are only eight people who are four and zero. Um, everybody else is three and one or below, um, and so you guys are going to whittle that down to um, four who are five and zero, and then there's going to be four four and ones that end up getting into. Um yeah. the elimination um series of uh, you know, eight to four to two to one. So uh your final game number five, who are you playing?
2: I am playing John Brock the second.
1: Oh, um he had dragons, didn't he?
2: No, no, no. So that was John, John Brock the yes. third. So this is what was so funny about it is so I'm playing the father yeah John okay, Brock the second okay. and I played him multiple times before at palladium games in PA and he's mm-hmm. I've played his army multiple times so I'm extremely familiar with everything he can do to me and uh I did change my list on him so he's not hundred percent positive on what I'm doing yeah um but I'm playing my Z army. Anthony who's playing literally my army is playing his son oh, John Brock the third on That's stream
1: hilarious okay That's so, so the same
2: army. Is playing the father's son. Yeah. And Anthony beat his son, and I beat his father. I know they want to kill Zeech right now. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, but I, I've never had the opportunity to play his son, and I, I wanted to because he is an amazing player at such a young age. And you saw him on stream, and yeah. well composed, um, well versed in what he could do. And his father is an amazing opponent as well. Um, his father's a great guy, uh, you know, he, he's very supportive, uh, knows his Nurgle very well, um, it just, it was a, it was just a great experience, and, yeah. uh, but playing against him, I, I knew it, the way Does he, he plays. he Flies
1: and drow- Drowned Men he, as
2: well? Yeah, he, he played Drowned Men, but he played Flies, uh, only two units, not all Flies, he, um, he actually plays like a hybrid, so he plays, um, uh, the Bloab, the Rot sprue. he okay. plays the okay. Lord of of, of plague, um, mm-hmm. he plays the Lord of Affliction so he has one guy on a drone um, you know, the commander and he has yep. one guy on foot he has another demon spew um, you know, monster um, he has ten blight kings two blood score light lords, another two score light boor, mm-hmm. uh, blight, b- blight lords and he also has nerglings, but what he always does when I play him, he's, he takes his blight lords and he runs them down the sides of the table and that's very effective because it kills my acolytes and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want him to kill one of the units of Acolytes. And I try to make him not kill both. So I tried to retreat with one and then use Kairos' ability on the other. But I wanted to make sure that I can get his unit that wants to make the charge within range of my spells. Yeah. And so I retreated one. I used Kairos on the other one. But now I'm in range of all my spells to blow up the model on the left and to still keep my acolytes alive so I can start moving them up the table for other battle tactics like breaking through enemy, um, you know, bars through enemy lines, uh, or just to constantly shoot 10 shots, 4s on 3s, minus 1 or 2 doing damage, and still keep giving me fate points for summoning. Um, And his, you know, the the actual Blight Lords, they're 220 points, so that's a big part of his army if I can use it. So I, I... I knew it was a a good use of ability, but it wasn't a great use, but it was good enough. And yeah. um, so I basically did what I normally do. I, I played what we call the clock game, where I rotate my entire force in the in the in, in a clock form, going yeah. from you know the the 6th hand, which is my side of the table, and I start moving to the 8s, you know, 9s, and 10s, and 12s, and then back down to one, and keep yeah. doing a big old circle because my stuff moves so fast and I summon things. And, um, I mean, the game kind of just bunch of spells like you would expect, yeah. killing Blight Lords. Um, he There was one part of the game where he brought his 10-man unit into combat with, this is not the greatest move of his, um, into my Incarnate, my... Lord, my Zangors, oh, and no. a, an Acolyte unit. And I'm like, okay, you're not going to pump up enough damage to do this. And you're going to take two monstrous reactions, which will be a, a three plus, you don't get to do stuff, along with, yeah. um, you know, a two, two plus, plus stomp.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
2: he's still going to have a lot of attacks, but he can't do all the attacks against one unit. Right. So he has like three or four guys on my Lord, three or four guys on this, three yeah, or four guys on this. Once you
1: start splitting attacks like that, that unit just becomes super ineffective.
2: Correct, and that's literally what happened, and he recognized it as soon as he did it, he goes, I should not have done that, yeah. and I'm like, probably not, because now all my spells, that's going to be 25 mortal wounds, plus my incarnate hitting you two turns in a row, yeah. and by me getting rid of that unit, that's a 500 point unit, plus yeah. a 220 point Blight Lords, um, that I was able to remove, Yeah. and then his big old monsters were staying really close to each other, moving slowly. And so I kept just putting endless spells. within And this is a tactic where how fast does your models move? They move 8 or 9 inches. Yeah. So you move the endless spell, like, right where it's, you know, to where he can't finish his move, and he has to only move 6 inches.
1: Right. Yep, yep. Again, another uh, effective use of those endless spells in their big old bases, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, very good, very good. Um, all right, so you, you finish out the GT um, right there. Uh, you move into the top eight. Your first game of the top eight is almost immediately. Uh, oh, my
2: God. So so tired at this point. I'm like, exactly. what do you mean we're going to play again?
1: Exactly. And so um, you've got three more games, right, potentially, because this is single elimination um, at this point here with the top eight. Now, I believe you went into this ranked number three, right?
2: Yes, my brother was number one. Yep. Then Gavin was number two, and I was number mm-hmm. three. Okay,
1: so you ended up playing the number six player because um, I believe Scooter ended up playing Bill Hennessy, who was n- ranked number eight. Yes, uh, there. So who uh, who did you end up playing?
2: So I I actually had the opportunity to play Jacob Brandon. Okay. Um, uh, so Jacob actually beat Anthony. So Jacob beat uh, my list.
1: Wow. Okay. That's hilarious. A twofer. Yeah, got a, yeah got so a Zeech twofer. Yeah,
2: he he had to play the same army No Now, I I know Jacob very well, and yeah. again, amazing opponent. I'm actually going to make some tokens for him for his Skaven army, uh, some custom ones for just his specific army. Um, but he beat Anthony, and so it's time for me to get some revenge with uh with some Zeech. I was like, it's 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 revenge time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and so you know, and Jacob again. His army super strong. He has the you know the Vermin Lord Corruptor uh, with the blade of corruption and a flaming weapon. He has his Warplock Engineer to really empower his uh, Warp Lightning Cannon. He has mm-hmm. another Vermin Lord Deceiver, very strong model. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a Plague Priest for his, his priest... He has clan rats that are literally there to just sit on objectives and count as extra models. He has gutter runners that do a bunch of mortal runes, like 15 of them. He has, again, his warp lightning cannon that's double, you know, shooting and doing a bunch of damage. He has two units of Giselles to pick up your back line. He has another unit of gutter runners to do even more damage. Expert conquerors, like everything. So
0: Mm -hmm.
2: it was a lot for me. But again, I kind of knew what his stuff does. And so you're like, all right, how fast? The big concern I had was I can't do anything against his Warp Lightning Cannon or his two units of Giselles. His right. Giselles are going to do about three Mortal Wounds a Churn and some damage, so I'll use my Fate Dice to stop those. I can't do nothing against his Warp Lightning Cannon, so I'm just hoping he rolls a four, five, or six, and so he doesn't do a crazy amount of Mortal Wounds to my Turkeys turn one, yeah. but who knows what he's going to roll. Right. What I do know, though, is his Gutter Runners of 15 and his Gutter Runners of 5. We'll do a bunch of Mortal Wounds if I keep my Lord, Karos or Incarnate or my Changecaster within range when he pops up outside of 9 inches. Mm, I see. So I just made sure I stayed outside of, uh, of that range on my turn 1, and I gave him the turn.
0: Yep.
2: And I can't... I don't want to get, um, you know, stuck. Um, so, and once he did that... This game, it, it, it was a lot of back and forth. Um, I, I don't know if you want to go play by play, um, but basically he did exactly what I thought he was going to do, pop up his gutter runners, shoot all my acolytes and zangors, and uh, uh, take care of the, the side units, um, shot the warp lightning cannon at max parrot 12. I believe he rolled a 5, and he still did like 5 or 6 wounds. He shot his... Um, uh, his warp Giselles, one unit didn't hit so well, and I had to use uh, one of my cheating dice to save, and the other one hit decent. And I used my cheating dice to save. Um, and so that was pretty much his turn. Uh yeah. he moved yeah. up his clan rats to set objectives, he empowered his deceiver and vermin lord to, to charge. I thought he was playing a little aggressive with one of his vermin lord, a little bit too close where I can cast spells. Um and so I kinda did. Um uh, my turn one, I pretty much cast enough spells to kill one of his big uh, monsters. I'm like, hey, if I can get rid of a 400-point monster in turn <laughs> right. one, right? fuck yes. And if yeah, I can exactly. tie up his gutter rudders and stop them from just continuously destroying me, even better. And so I did the whole, you know, and of course I still need to deal with his warp light mechanic mechanics Giselle's. I can't let that keep doing uh, what it's doing. And, and he, even though he rolled 12 dice on ones, he takes D3 damage. He only yeah. rolled one one out of twelve dice I'm like damn it And then oh. when he rolled it was a d3 He only did like one wound to himself I'm like damn it You know <laughs> A lucky bastard Yeah right And uh So of course <laughs> I'm having fun I'm talking shit And uh But, but I did what I said I was going to do I killed one of his four-inch point units I killed a unit of his Five of his gut riders I weakened the 15 But didn't do enough And uh, uh And then pretty much the um uh, The roll off happened And again I can't remember who went next um but when he went uh again his warp lightning cannon uh went again i healed the the six wounds down to like three and then i healed myself again i healed like one or two more and i still had a couple wounds on me um but it wasn't enough to where you know he can kill me so but the same thing happened where his big uh vermin lord came up with a bunch of damage and um like straight up just nuked a unit and dropped like my incarnate a level or something like that. I can't remember. Wow. Some, my my incarnate dropped a level really really fast and um, uh, I think from all of the shooting and, and it was just it was just an amazing amount of shots. Yeah. Um, and but again now I'm a level one, you know and. His vermin lord's right there, and uh, I'm afraid of going against him because he's going to attack first. And I'm like, well, what else do I do? I'm casting spells. You know, yeah. I, I need to start weakening up his other stuff. You know, his shooting, I can't take another turn of his shots. I need to summon stuff. I need to guarantee the charge. Like, so many things are going through my brain, and I'm like, all right, I need to deal with this. I need to deal with his gutter runners. If I don't, he's going to take my objective from me. I got to kill his gutter runners or he can reposition to have more hits. And, mm. and so it was literally like, all right, this spell has to do four damage. I got it. This spell has to do this. This spell has to do this. He can't stop... You know, it was one of those situations where, you know, everything kind of went my way at that point. Yeah. Um, and I was able to summon a unit of 10 blues and guarantee the charge into his clan rats, which then tied up his um, uh, unit of um, uh, shooters. What do you call them? The giselle. So one unit, three were gone off the table. Um, I was able to mortal wound the, the lightning cannon off the table at that point, because it was just too crazy, and he's not, even though he shot the second time, he rolled like two ones, and rolled another one one, I'm like, okay, you're not doing enough damage to yourself, and you're shooting me like a monster, and yeah. um, and it, it basically <laughs> came down to my incarnate charging his deceiver, him doing a bunch of wounds, but I went up a level, and then down a level, so I'm still uh, level yeah, one, okay. but I was able to kill him, Nice. and um, it, it it was literally back and forth, and I was able to finish off the 15 gutter runner, so now the 5 and the 15 are gone, one of his units of twenty clan rats are weakened, the other twenty are hiding. Um, he dropped in his Plague Priest and did like two D six mortals to my change caster. He's dead. It was literally one of those like tick frick tack, tick tack toe, but at the end of the day, my two turkeys were alive. My main damage things were alive. I'm still able to summon yeah. his warp lightning's dead, a giselles tied up, his other giselles are alive, but they can't do enough to kill a turkey. I'm now repositioning him a lot more aggressively, so whoever goes next, all my spells are gonna be there. And um, I got my revenge for Anthony.
1: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, and that finished out the third day of straight Age of Sigmar games for you. You are six games deep at that point, and uh, we were pretty hungry. We went and got Thai food after that. Delicious. Oh, my really God, good. was that yeah. delicious. Yeah, it was really good. It was nice, too. It was such a nice night. We sat out on their little porch balcony area and, and – yep. uh, had some food and um, it was great. Uh, on the way back, you guys stopped for some drinks and watched a woman get propositioned by a guy, and the boyfriend <laughs> get really mad at it. You know, so that was that was hilarious. crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, that was pretty that was, hilarious. That was crazy. Literally,
2: the guy was looking at a woman, knocking on a door, calling her a regular woman, which we all know what that means, and her yes, boyfriend got all I'm upset. Like, it was a whole thing. Me and my brother were like, let's get out of here. Oh,
1: dude, that that area right there, too, because there's the gentleman's club that's right there, Yeah, and it's not a classy gentleman's club. Like, you no. can just tell from the outside, right? Not that I've been in that one, but um, it, is, uh, it is not a classy gentleman's club. It's not in a classy part of town. And there are working women in that area right there. So the fact that that lady got propositioned and um, her boyfriend is, like, having a problem, it was kind of hilarious. But you two, I mean, you and Scooter are giants of men. Like, you yeah. just kind of were like, wow, this is wild, you know. Like, yeah. nobody was going to mess with you guys, but it was pretty hilarious. I mean, a so, gun
2: is still a gun, but, again, most people don't approach us and try to fight. I mean, first of all, we don't do anything to deserve it. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of calm and collected and just trying to work our way through life have a good time playing with toy soldiers.
1: Yep, exactly. So you know the crazy yeah, part about hey, this though
2: ahead. is talking to my wife and yeah. I'm like, "Hey honey, um I might be home Sunday, or I might come home Saturday if I lose. I might be home Sunday. I'm not really sure what's going to happen." So when I call her, she's like, she's like "What kind of bullshit are you going to tell me that you're going to stay another day?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Why well, once?" She goes, "Whoopee do dah fireball spell, good job." <laughs>
1: that's hilarious yeah she could care less <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome all right so you are now in the semifinals. yep um and your first game of the day uh i believe is against gavin
2: gavin yeah oh my gosh so gavin in in uh, a lot of people know i mean he's he is you he's know, mr top. texas yeah, he's Texas. He, well, first of all, I'm from Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, for, I have a little heart for Texas, and I love Texas. When we went there for the U.S. Open last year, I felt like I was home. Everyone was friendly. everyone's family. Everyone was just like – it really made me want to go back. And um, and seeing all the Texas guys when we went to the U.S. Open, it's just, it just straight family. And Gavin is such a for-the-community player – Phenomenal player, very technical, very tactical, and I'm not somebody who really jokes a lot like my brother. Uh, when we play games, I'm very serious. I look like I'm almost angry, uh, and it's not <laughs> my do. intention.
1: And by the yeah, way. it's not
2: my intention at all. I'm just thinking, <laughs> and and Gavin is very similar though. Yeah. And so watching a game looks like two, you know, overweight grumpy boys uh <laughs> playing a game. The commentators are probably like, "Oh, they're they I promise they're having a good time." <laughs> right. You know, um but uh yeah, so with um with with Gavin um I don't uh I know his list. I I don't see it in front of me cuz the um BCP is broken off, but he had um he had Two of the Bastillodons that are combat orientated, uh, so they still have a lot of mortals, but they're one up, you know, armor save, st- stick you into combat guys. He had a Bastilladon who can mm-hmm. uh, attack twice with minus uh, minus one ren and three damage because I'm a demon. He had his uh, Stegodon who can, uh, um, you know, cast spells uh, through. Cause, well, the slam can cast the croak can cast spells through him, so he can do his pulsation. Yep. He had a, a Skeek priest that he didn't want to put in the temple. Because he didn't want me to nuke it on turn one, and stop <laughs> yeah. his uh, 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 terrain ability. Uh, he had a, a bunch of skinks that were, you know, expert conquerors on the table, uh, two units of ten, I believe, and then uh, or one unit of ten and one unit of, like twenty or thirty. And then um, he also had uh, some defense uh, temple guard that are protecting his croak. Because of course we all know how croak works. <clears throat> and uh, um, his grand strategy was to have models in each table quarter and uh you know so for when i play him i i kind of you know i like the whole attacker defender for setting up terrain um and being able to pick so i roll my dice and i go to arcane well you know i'm not fucking giving him an arcane he's already plus four to cast right, in the spell right. i'm not making him plus five you get bent but i also know that slans are not going to be in the middle of the table but my stuff will be Ah. So I put both the arcane in the middle two buildings of the table. Mm-hmm. So on turn one, I just fly both my turkeys in the middle of the table. And so now my lord is plus three to cast and dispel, while he is also uh, plus four. But All I'm right, matching the lowest of the highest. Oh, it helps me a ton. Yeah. And and yep. and um and yeah, so healing at a-
1: that point, he's just like a plus one on you. Correct. You know what I mean? So Correct. Yeah.
2: And with the fact that I'm matching my lowest to the highest, it gives me a huge advantage spellcasting-wise. Mm-hmm. And so now my threats, knowing that, my threats are get rid of his skink priest because he's going to jump in the building and I'm going to be close to the buildings and I don't want to be taking D3 mortal wounds on both my lord and Keros. And for him to get the idea that he can just target fire one of my lords down, right? Because I need both of them alive to stop uh, uh, Croak, along with putting the magic offensive spells onto everything else Mm -hmm. but i also what i did was on my deployment i made sure i was outside of three of everything and it's also the nidus pass where you you can teleport from one corner to the other corner so i had to keep an acolyte unit stringed around terrain but within nine inches of that you know corner so i'm already playing down one unit and i only have seven units and Dropping a, a unit of my Acolytes is huge because that's 10 shots and also, you know, some decent offensive capability. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing crazy, but still something that I don't want to lose. And uh, he can just keep his land back there with his unlimited range cast and the Spelling Unbinding along with, um, you know, uh, his um, Temple Guard to protect him.
1: Now, does and he so, have summoning ability to, like, bring skinks in or anything No, like he's okay. playing
2: um, uh, the minus one damage. Oh, Family, his yeah. ability is minus one damage, and then having a Stegadon pulsate twice to get more units, or to do damage, or to heal, or have the Stilodon shoot twice, which again is humongous against me. Yeah. So yeah. I I did the same tactic I did against my um, uh, first game, where I finest hour on turn one Karos. Yeah. And so wherever the Stilodon shoots, <clears throat>
0: excuse
2: me, <coughs> I'm going to plus one best one day yeah. well Gavin is such a technical and tactical player he's trying to do what I think about a lot which is let me split the attacks where does Caleb want to do plus one defense mm. well I didn't do it on nobody
0: Oh, interesting. Right,
2: and the reason I didn't because I know he can shoot twice and depending on who he wounds or who he does not wound he'll do like four or five attacks against the Lord four four or five attacks against the Karos. depending on who passes their save and who does not Will dictate where he puts the rest of his attacks, which then will dictate where I give an extra plus one save. Right, and so he was being cheeky, and I, I could tell. And I also had cheating dice where I could be like, oh, I could save two or three of these. Let me, um, let me keep my lord alive. He's more important than Karos uh, because he's the one that's giving me all the reroll cast and spelling, unbinding. So yep. I kept the lord alive. Carol still rolled decently but still took like six wounds and then he unloaded I believe um, the majority of his second shots into Karos which then I did a plus one save used one or two cheating dice along with rolling halfway decent only taking another uh, three wounds um, from that uh, uh, decision but what I also yeah. made sure I positioned was my incarnate can perfectly fit his base over top of the building and put myself in a position where now I am only seven inches away from Uh, his Bastillodon and both of his, um, plus one armor save guys that are monsters and they're all monsters. Right. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to be stuck there and he might even drop me a level possibly, but I can possibly go up a level, but he is a one up armor save, Right. And, um, so my first thing was to do, let me attack the Bastiladon. So he did a pincer move where if I charge, I didn't see it, uh, too well where, um, I couldn't reach his Bastildon, but I thought I could. So I did uh, 6 Mortal Wounds to Bastildon, even though he had a plus 2 to save. He had like a negative 1-up, but this brought him down to just a 1-up. And I figured with my minus 2 save, excuse me, minus 3, because I had Purple Sun out there through the spell portal, and also uh, the minus 4 rend on the big attack, I'd be able to drop it in one turn. Well, I wasn't able to, and um, but I, I stuck all 3 of those units in combat, which was huge for me because now all he has is 10 skinks which are out of position, which my mm-hmm. Acolytes and Zangors can go deal with, so I can take that uh, tactic from him or that um, objective from him and his other 20, the slam and the stegodon were on the other side and so, um, and then I moved up all my stuff and then on his turn he shot with his Bastildon against my Incarnate, because that's what it's in combat with, which I didn't care uh, he dropped me a level with all of his shots on everything on that turn um, but at that point he's casting his spell and I don't know if you really thought about it. He cast his whole unlimited range spell and rolled like a nine or right. ten and I'm like, all right, Lord of Change. Whoop, I got I dispelled it and now I learned your spell. And you can just tell he's like, oh, you learned my spell. I'm like, Yes I did. <laughs> with a big old with a big old smile on my face. Um and um and uh so I mean that's at the end of the day, it it was a stupid close game between me and Gavin, and it came down to the very last turn of that game of us casting spells and trying to maneuver and and dispel. It came down. There was a point where I did enough damage to kill his um, uh, one of his monsters. He had to roll two dice, and if he rolled a single five, four, three, two, one with two dice, mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill it and go up a level, and then my incarnate's alive. But he rolled double sixes. Oh. and so my incarnate went down a level and died again
1: oh my god
2: um but a- that was fine yeah because at the end of the day i was able to pick up all three of those models on my next turn because all my spellcasters were right there and yeah purple sun making him roll a one and also gnashing jaws 3d6 and he was he's only movement five.
1: Oh wow okay
2: and you're like oh i rolled a 12 and take seven mortal wounds all right he's dead yeah. and D6, D6, he's dead, and D6, D6, he's dead. Okay, are all dead anyways, but the fact that if he would have rolled a five on one of those dice, my incarnate would have been alive too. It would have been even a stronger swing yeah. and not so close. Um, right. But, you know, again, game of luck. Um, I mean, there's many things I could have made a mistake on or didn't roll well, and he could have just took it from me as well. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it's like playing a mirror match if you right. ever played against Zeech. Um, his is a little bit more well rounded, mine is definitely sharper in the casting Interesting. area. Thing? Um, but I feel like I'm playing the same army.
1: Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the final match, which was against you and your brother Scooter. Uh, Scooter was running his 18-pig army, one Maw Crusher, two um, War Chanters, and a Prophet, I believe, and yeah. a Mega Boss on foot.
2: Yeah, it was a, Yeah, Mega Boss uh, on foot. He had his Maw Crusher. He had two of his, uh, you know... Uh, War chanters. He had the goblin shaman uh, uh, in the back as an ally. Uh, two units of six, two units of three. I believe it's his whole. Yeah, it's his whole list. And I mean, the, th- the problem is, it. I feel like Zeech, If you know what you're playing against, 100. percent It's going to be tough for you to lose, right? Um, because you just. I have so many tools. Like I, I talk about this on um, AOS coach. It's like a Swiss Army knife. It's just you have so much. You know different things you can throw at him. And my brother knows my stuff too, so I know my brother was a little nervous of playing me because he knows what I'm capable of doing. Right. And there is no going back-to-back back against me because I'm a two-drop and he's like a four, or five, or six. Right, right. And so I make him go first. And then there's no way he can go back-to-back.
1: Back. Yep, yep. Like and so yeah, as he, he kills can't... my front line, I make a new front
2: line with summoning.
1: Yeah, and he knows he has to get out there because if he just stays back, he'll just move up. Do you know what I mean? And then it yeah. all for naught, so yeah exactly um, yeah, and so definitely. he
2: wants to kill my front line and uh people talked about the chat where he made a mistake by bringing a six-man unit up um but he uh charged me with a three-man unit he rolled a one with the three-man unit and i could have used Karos ability to stop him from charging and i thought about it and if he only brought in two units i would have done it against that three-man squad um just so that it keeps my acolytes and my zangors alive you know which is huge for me because it's almost as if You know, my bubble is still alive. His other three-man unit made it in and wiped out all my Acolytes. Um, But the six-man unit tried to charge, and I used my um, uh, one on that unit uh, because he brought all three up, six-man and two threes. Oh, I see. But the problem with that is that's only – six is, what, 30 wounds? That's only 60 wounds total, and that's a lot of wounds to deal with. Yeah. But when my spells can do like 25 just on the spells alone. <laughs> right. Right. And then I have all my shooting at minus two Ren. That's another 10, 10 wounds. Yeah. And then I have my incarnate who can go up and do like another 10 to 12, you know, wounds. Yeah. And leave them only with, you know, three pigs left. Um, it, it was one of those situations where it was just too much spells for him to deal with. Um, he couldn't go back-to-back, back, so I never gave him the opportunity. I continue to summon um, blue whores every turn. Um, he killed a blue whore unit. I rolled a 5-plus and brought the whole unit alive. Oh, my gosh. That sucks. You know, <laughs> I rolled a 1 on his Mega Mob bros whatever on the yeah. side. <coughs> and uh, people thought that was a big deal. I mean, I, I personally didn't think so because I still had Gnashing Jaws and he's only a 4-inch move. Yeah. Um, you know, but I still got to roll a 2-up. Yeah. And uh, and again, he would only be able to possibly drop the incarnate one level, which again, I don't really care, you know, too yeah. much. Yeah. Um, the big concern with him is he has no mortal wound protection. Yep. Um, and even know.
1: even some of your stuff, like I mean, he's uh, let's see, his piggies are at a four up save, so you you know hit him with a minus two, they're six up. I mean, that's that's a big difference Correct. for those piggies. Like, y- yeah, you know, so. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he smashes, he bashes, he does a ton of damage if he can get there. Right. And, and, uh, I learned that the hard way playing your list. You're like, Hey, you want to play a game? I was like, sure. Done. Like tables in round two. I was like, Oh, okay, <laughs> great. You know, like this army, fun. this orc army that I thought was really good, um, really does not match well up against Zinch, unfortunately. Not yeah, right now, so. but there's a
2: new book coming and and we don't know what they're going to do. Uh, completely. Yeah um but again playing my brother it is very bittersweet my brother plays this hobby because i play the hobby yeah uh it's pretty well known that he probably wouldn't be playing it if i didn't play it i love warhammer yeah um i love the building aspect i I love the playing aspect and i love the people uh and the getting together with like-minded individuals yeah um you know that's that's what's fun, and and I want my brother to go to the U.S. Open. So it's almost like I want to win. Sure, I I, I want to go back and I want to win again, but I want my brother to go too.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know,
2: I really wish they did what they did last year, which was one best general, one best overall. So we're both flying up together, and it is cool. My mom was watching the stream. My dad was watching the stream. They called us during the game. Be nice to your brother. I'm being nice to my brother. You know, <laughs> the hell. He's the one that's picking on me and making fun of me, and you know, it's it is what it is you know
1: now do you guys ever play each other like casually or
2: no n- almost yeah. never right. um and you know my brother isn't really like playing against me cuz i play very like technical uh-huh not really fun to play against armies it's just not a fun army to play against right. if you Playlists the way I playlist, it's not. <laughs> I it's, <can> not. Attest. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's not interactive. I'm like, okay, right. here take. Yeah, I'll be as funny as I can. I'm like, take six mortal wounds. Is that interactive? Oh, it's it's interactive when you're removing all your models. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, but... <laughs> sure, but it's not. It's not like it's not like what you said, where you had both of you and your opponent's army in the middle of the game, and you're swinging. for yeah, five effing true. rounds, yes. and yep. you know, take ten wounds. You take ten wounds. I heal three. I heal three. Yeah. I get the objective. I retreat. Like it, it's that's more. You know. Fun, what I'm doing is, you know, I'm cheating. Yeah. You know, I'm literally going, I'm plus three to cast. I'm re-rolling. I'm matching lowest to the highest. If I I roll a five, that's really a 12. Like, it's it's crazy, you know. You know, I, I hope they don't change my book, you know, in the sense of what they're doing. I hope they keep it complex. You know, I want them to keep it complex. You know, I don't want them to dumb it down. And that is probably my my biggest concern. I have what they're going to do.
1: So let's let's uh, talk about that real quick. I mean, just okay. to, just to end the Nova Open. Congratulations again on winning that. I noticed that um, with that win, you shot up high on the ITC. Um, yeah, I, you know. I actually
2: <laughs> scored. I, I looked at everyone's. I think that's the biggest score out of any game this entire year. Yeah. I believe I scored 250 points on the ITC ranking. And I looked at everyone's – I looked at all of Gavin's scores. He scored, like, two thirty, two twenty. 220. Uh, Anthony scores because he scores very high as he won summer slaughter, like two twenty, two thirty, And I'm like, I got 250. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. yeah. Like
1: – so I, I was like, Whoa wow, there's Caleb all of a sudden in the top ten. You know, because, um, like, I, I didn't see you even on the leaderboard, like, unless you expanded it. Now, like, that, I mean, between the second-place finish and the first-place finish, like, that puts you up pretty high. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on your golden ticket, being able to um, take that down to New Mexico. That's going to be amazing. Um Let's talk about Zinch book real quick to wrap up this podcast. We're going two hours and twenty minutes already, which is uh, one of our longer episodes. But that's great. We've been talking about a lot of good stuff. Uh, the no, it's good, dude. You're you're a talker, and that's totally fine. People want to hear what you have to say, so it's it's good. Um, so uh, Zinch book, right? So Zinch fluff wise, um, you're talking ambition. You're talking trying to predict the future. You're talking, you know, control the change that's out there. Um, you know, you're talking spells. Um, what f- what things do you think will stay the same from the book or would you like to st- let's let's say it this way. What things would you like to stay the same from the book to keep that fluff aspect of it?
2: So, you know, I mean, like I said it before, I like complex, difficult to play armies. Yes. Because I don't want a lot of people to play them, right. I, right? I don't know if that's a selfish thing to say. I'm not even sure what that is in my mind. Um, I don't like people. Yeah, you know, I like it. Like Zeech is playing a non zeech army mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. that's You're not enjoyable. Play those mirror matches. I do and not we- want
2: to play a mirror match. Oh my god, I do. And that's another <laughs> reason why I play like off-meta weird stuff. Yeah, I don't want to play a mirror match. Well, it's not I, enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, who can it, roll a who can roll a six? Oh you did. Okay, you won. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's not really fun. That's just a, you know, whatever. Yeah, and, so,
1: and if you ask the average player, they would say Zinch is garbage right now. Um, you know, the the average player. Um because they're just like, Oh, it's an old book, it it, it sure's got some kind of hinky mechanics, but it's not bright and shiny like some of these other new armies out there that are optimized for three oh. Zeech, Justin,
2: Zeech is the best damn army out there. Nothing beats (laughs) Zeech. Well, you're proving in that. (laughs) Nothing can beat – I'm telling you right now, if you know what you're doing, nothing can beat it.
1: Right. Well, because it has so many aspects about it that uh, kind of cheat, right? You've got your- Yeah, It's, it's literally, ooh, che- I get, <laughs> I
2: get, I get a cheat with my cheating dice. I get free right. shit with my shit dice, and I still get an army. My brother's making fun of me the whole game. He's like, Caleb, I just played twenty nine hundred points to my two thousand. Yeah, seriously. And he's like, this is stupid. I'm like, oh, it was pretty great for me. Yeah. You know, right. I, right, you know, right. I literally, exactly. you know, it's it, it's it's wild. So, what know? would
1: you what would you like to see? Stay the same or maybe be tweaked a so little bit? In the the number one go-
2: thing I would like them to expand mm-hmm. is the agendas. A lot okay. of people don't like it. I love it. Mm, I love the fact that every hero phase, I get to choose something I want to accomplish beyond a battle tactic or in addition to a battle tactic. And if I accomplish it, I take a basic war scroll and I make it slightly better or slightly different. Nice. I yep. think that is the coolest damn mechanic um, that Zeech has, and if they keep it, I'll be very happy. Right. Um, right. I like that a lot because that brings more choice. Choice in a game is is fun. You know, putting pigeonholing somebody into a cookie cutter thing—it's not really fun.
1: Well, and I like I like things that like you get rewarded, um, but it costs something, right? Like so, the idea of a of an agenda, which is like. I actually have to go out and do something to then get the benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's pretty good rather than just, like, baking it in, you know?
2: Yeah, roll a dice, you get an ability. No, I don't like that. But if it yeah. says, you know, kill a, a monster with 12 wounds or more in this turn and you get plus one of your save, all right, well, is that a good agenda I should use right now? Is that a monster I right. need to kill? Can I kill that monster? What's the average roll? Am I within 18 inches? Should I do that one? Yeah. You know, or... If your opponent controls an objective and you take it from them, you get you count as double models. So if I have 10 blues, that's now 20 blues on an objective. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah, Or definitely. plus one to hit. Or plus or plus one to your attacks. It, I like that hidden agenda is probably the most. Um, in terms of other things I like, I do like the Destiny dice. Some people hate it. Yeah. Uh, and I can understand why because it is kind of like cheating. Um, but it goes with the fluff. You know? Right. I know the future. I don't know the present, and I know the past, right? You know, and and knowing that this role I'm gonna pass and I'm gonna charge you this turn, and you can't do nothing about it—that's knowing the future. Yeah, it goes with the the theme. But I could also understand why people don't like it because it's not like you're playing Warhammer. It's pretty much like you're playing—I don't know—checkers or chess. You know what you could do, and there's nothing they could do. My horse moves—you know, two up and yep, and yep. one over, right? Yep. I think it's three up and one over um <laughs> okay, you we know, know what you're <laughs> whatever um but again it's it's i like that aspect um the minus one to hit was each i i don't see where that comes from uh yeah. in the actual uh, thing i would like them to re- maybe remove that and add something that's more casting related and spell related and spell dominance related um you know i would like that to happen the minus one to hit is nice of course i mean yeah it's powerful but i don't really see where the th- the theme of the army yeah. comes from that minus one to hit Zeech characters or Zeech demon units. I would like them to expand the unit selection um and not make obvious things strong. Mm-hmm. Like we all know flamers are good. Right. Right? When it when the first came out, oh these models they shoot three shots each, the champion shoots four, they're they hit on threes, they win on threes, they're minus one or two and they do D three damage. Well well fuck me sideways. That's strong. Yeah. Right? As long as the points aren't crazy that's obviously strong, and that right. makes obvious decisions for people to take. I'm going to min-max flamers. I don't want that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want obvious, obvious uh, uh, corks. Um, but I want a little bit of combat. I want more shooting. I want more magic. I would like the spells to be like, this spell goes off on a 12, right? But if it goes off...
1: It's Ooh, boy, it's gonna be huge. It's yeah.
2: gonna be something good, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you know, th- I would like to yeah. see some crazier spells, but much higher cost. So there's more of a a reward for you know getting that high uh, casting value uh, spell. Uh, I would like to see a lot more spells. Yeah. Uh, personally, I would like to see almost double the amount of spells instead of six spells they give me twelve, right. and they all do different things, like a Swiss Army knife. I love that aspect of. Uh, of that, but maybe not all damage and add some more like this unit's gonna have, you know, plus two to their attacks or plus one of the hit or plus one armor save, and you can make it more situational bound to what you want to accomplish throughout the game. Um, you know, now my Lord of Change who can shoot 2d6 maybe can shoot 3d6 with the mm-hmm. spell, mm-hmm. and uh, just a little bit more, maybe not so much just d6 mortal wins, d6 mortal wins, just more choice but more spells. Um, I would like to get rid of, um, I mean, I I don't really know what to do because when you talk about troops, you, you have whores, which gives you 50 wounds, Yeah. or you have bullshit acolytes. <laughs> right. All right, so like, what do we do? do? Do we fix what people complain about, which is whores, and then you're stuck with two shitty units, right? And then, or you're stuck with obvious other choices like flamers, exalted flamers. I would like them to make chariots really good yeah. uh, and actually useful so that maybe they can expand that line. Um I'm not a really big fan of the changes I've seen them do with, like, the Zangors, where they made them 200 points a unit, and they made them more, like, combat-orientated uh, um, only, um, like, paper. They have a five-up save. They have a lot of attacks. I mean, they can get to hitting on threes, wounding on twos. That's really good. Yeah. But for 200 points, like, they better be good, right? Right, right. You know, but I don't feel that 10 are good enough. Like, they have a whole bunch of no-rend hits and a couple minus-one hit. Well, how is that going to kill a Gargant? And then now you're like, okay, well, maybe I'll take 20. Well, 20 might be able to get it done, maybe, but I still doubt it. And now yeah. you're spending
1: 400 points
2: on and a that unit that and might if you don't get, get it
1: done. It. that Gargant's going to get you back. That. Correct. <laughs>
2: and then you and you have, like, a leadership of a 5. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, one Horgast, endless spell away from losing that whole unit. Yeah. Right? Uh, they also made enlightened, or excuse me, uh, Carol acolytes no longer cast spells, but always have the minus one shooting. I can kind of get behind that because at the end of the day, they're still kind of fodder. You yeah. know, they're still kind of bubble wrap, so I'm I'm a little bit okay with that. Um, I'm concerned that they're going to make all the characters too expensive. You know, but I hope they keep um, Skyfire similar to what they do now, but they're getting rid of all the reroll hits. So I'm wondering what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's tough to put a wish list out there. You know, I just want more variety.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I think that that's that's fair. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they really nerfed a lot of those bonuses to casting. Um, You kind of saw that in a lot of the other books, right, where you used to have a lot more bonuses to cast. And now, like, you really have to either put an artifact on there or... um, you know, find something else. So, but that's what uh, Zeech is, and that's the, no. I hear you. I hear yeah, you. Zeech
2: is casting, and they. I believe they should be the best casting thing in the game, right alongside of a slam Yeah, exactly. Like they should be the shiznit of shiznit of casting.
1: Yeah, right? I, I hear you, but it's it been interesting because you've seen a lot of. Um, nerves to the bonuses to cast and the, the ones that the ones that have the best ones out there right now are still the two old books you know um, that's true so, that, i mean
2: that is very true
1: you know uh, so slams, it, uh, well,
2: no it's lumineth are good um i feel like lumineth is and seraphon are the same damn army
1: <laughs> yeah just a uh, different realms. i really kind of feel that way yeah yeah
2: you know but um I don't know. I, if you give me my more spells with higher casting for big crazy stuff to happen, I'll be really damn happy with my hidden agendas. Yeah, I'll be pumped. But I, I promise you, no matter what they do to that book, I'll find a way uh, to do well.
1: Yeah. Well, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. You are a student of the game. I know that you said that you don't really um, study a lot of other people's, uh, other people's lists or, or stuff like that, but you play enough with good people that you've got a very good awareness of like how the mechanics, the underpinning mechanics work, right? So yeah. um, that you kind of understand like, okay, this is a charging army, this is a shooting army, this is a magic army, like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that you um, are able to position yourself well enough. So I've got no doubt that uh, whatever comes with the new Zinch book, um, it, uh, you'll find a way to make it work because you love Zinch that much. And uh, uh, I'll be curious to have When do you think it's going to drop?
2: Well, um, I, I do have an interview um, with a Coach about the new book um, in October. So oh, I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm assuming uh, it's going to come out either very end of September or very beginning of October. Because they haven't
1: announced it yet, though. No, they, they
2: haven't. They've, they've been very hush-hush about it. And, um, and it's not even know,
1: on the road map. But no, um, like no it no it was be, on the road
2: they they sent a picture of it uh well, on the so, map.
1: Oh did it when?
2: I carry I saw it like uh a, a week ago I believe. Okay, I saw a picture ago? of right, the actual right. each book on right.
1: there. I didn't see it a week ago because of what I was gonna say is during Nova they dropped a couple of books. Yeah. And everybody's like, Whoa, what happened? And that one of those was like the idea that the gloom spite, right? And that got pushed to like next year. So, yeah. um, and everybody's like, no word on Zinch. And I was like, Oh, like everybody was assuming that that you know was going to be the fall chaos book, you know, before I would you right
2: Christmas. now, I would be completely happy if they don't touch my book. <laughs>
1: I know you would be, I think I'd be, a lot of I'd be so there, pumped. I think, I think everyone at the U S open out there is like, okay, when is Caleb getting his new book? <laughs> Like, <laughs> you say that, though, but I remember when the Zeech book first came out, man, you could
2: take... I literally remember my list. It was, like, 18 Skyfires, which we know they're ridiculous, two Zangor Shamans, right? I bubble-wrapped my whole force with 30 Marauders. Uh-huh. I had Carol Sandlord Lord of Change. Like, it was just wild how crazy broken that was. And every five-up you rolled was a more oh, was D3 Mortal oh Wounds gosh. with your um uh, Skyfires. So you're like, all right, take... Uh, you know sixty three mortals every turn plus all these spell casting oh. with the oh it was just it was just wild
1: you know, you know. <laughs> back when it just seemed was still finding its footing. Oh yeah, no know? it was just so. it, that was that was ridiculous <laughs> back then so well, um congratulations, I wish you the best at uh at this event in New Mexico. when is it exactly?
2: It's uh the weekend of November 20th. Okay. Uh, I have to fill up my flight details. They just sent me the little notification, which is it's just such a cool thing, you know. Yeah, that sounds so awesome. Good yeah, I believe. Uh, let me see the exact time. It is um, November. I believe it's the 18th through the 20th.
1: Okay, so like the weekend before uh, Thanksgiving.
2: Exactly. exactly. Very
1: good. Very good. Well, I wish you the best of luck at that. Um, you know, you'll have to give us an update on the Zinch book after you kind of dig into it and let us know. And, oh yeah, uh, but thank Can't you wait. for coming on the podcast, man. It's, it was a pleasure talking with you. It was good to kind of go through your games and see how you think, um, because you know you do have a very good list. You have a powerful list, uh, but you also like know and love your list, and it's also how you pilot it as well. And so, you know, there there's times uh, that you were, you know, subtly said, well, you know, I didn't choose this, or I decided to do that to make them make a decision or something that, you know, that's, that's where your experience and expertise comes out. And that's really what takes you or propels you from being a very good, uh, general to a great general. So congratulations. And, uh, and thanks for coming on with us. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank thank you for having me, uh, everybody else. Thank you so much for listening to our episode, uh, tonight. We hope you like it. If you did like it, please give us a like and a share. And Hey, if you are listening to us on iTunes, on Spotify, or even on Google, please leave us a review. Uh, if you want to give us a couple of stars, if you want to give us five stars, I'm not going to complain, but if you can give us a review, it helps show the algorithm with other people and let, uh, let them know uh, that we're out there. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and everybody, you have a great night.